No matter how Lita truly felt about me, she loved our baby. It was the one thing we shared. Now we don't share anything anymore. Well, this is obviously a very agonizing time for both. Agonizing? That's how you describe what Lita and I are going through? Agonizing? There are no words to describe how Lita and I feel about the loss of our baby. Our son. We found out that Lita was pregnant with a baby boy. responsible for all of this. Gene Snitsky. Snitsky is a dead man. Ruthless aggression. It's my life, my time, my rights, my rhymes, my Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 62 of the R8 Era podcast, the only place where we decipher and dictate the era that rose out of the ashes of attitude and gave us let's feel sorry for the rapist Kane. as today it is time for the fallout from unforgiven and it's time to nip to no mercy 2004 as always i'm dave and joining me is big sexy michael rag good evening good evening how are you doing i'm all right have you got your shoes on we're going for a little nip to no mercy i thought we'd catch it northern real <laughs> how are we doing still in Not these uh, quarantine isolation covid times uh, same old, same old. What else can we do in this troubling times? Well, we're going to have a good week though, aren't we? Because Boris is saying on Christmas, Covid's going on holiday for a week. So you can do what you want, see your family, get livered, and then it's going to be locked down until 2025. Oh yeah, 2nd of January, Covid's back. <laughs> That's how it's going to work. Boris is going to meet him at the airport. So then, Michael, it is the fallout from Unforgiven 2004, which was... Uh, as we covered, it was a half-decent pay-per-view. I said, had some ups, had some downs. But as always, what are you looking forward to out of the Raw brand as we head towards their next pay-per-view, Taboo Tuesday? Well, hopefully uh, we might see uh, Orton get a chance to regain his championship. If I were a betting man, I probably wouldn't put my money on it. No. Uh, <laughs> but hopefully Orton gets something out of this. Well, we shall. He works his arse off to become the youngest world champion in his company history. So then, Michael, it is Monday Night Raw. We are live from Seattle. It's September the thirteenth, two thousand and four. 
Uh, as I said, it's the fallout from Unforgiven. How's it going to shake up as we approach Taboo Tuesday? Um, the boys, they're already in the ring with women and a massive wedding cake. I uh, bet. Flair... It's got someone practicing their Marilyn Monroe impression there. <laughs> Instantly, though, it's one of them segments that you just knew that something was going to pop out of that cake. And you know exactly who's popping out <laughs> the cake as well. Um, Ric Flair, he welcomes out the new World Heavyweight Champion, ladies and gentlemen, Triple H. Gold Confetti comes down from the ceiling, followed by streamers. Triple H poses with the bell. Everyone's jumping up and down. Everyone's fucking happy. And Hunter goes, do you smell it? Do you feel it? Can you feel it, Nate? Can you feel it, Nate? Can you feel it? The excitement's in the air. The man, the game, the big dog, dear, 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 The king of kings. He's back on top of the world. Um, Triple H, he brings up the topic of Randy Orton spitting in his face and provoking laughter. Uh, Triple H says, metaphorically, he's spat in every motherfucker face that sat here in this audience tonight. He's so fucking good at getting heat. Um, Triple H, he goes on to get jiggy with the girls. And as we said, Randy Orton, he goes to open, he, he wants the cake here. He knows Triple H and Daft, he knows that someone's coming out of that cake. And he goes, nice one, Flair. And Flair's like, no, it's doing me, pal. And he goes, nice one, Big Dave. And Big Dave goes, nope, not to me, pal. And he's like, well, it must have been, must have been Bischoff. So he approaches the cage, come, baby. And then we have pyro, fireworks, explosions, as Randy Orton comes out of the cake. Yeah, and starts there's no need. Out of Triple H. Like, if you're going to have any pyro on the, with the cake, at least have it on top of the cake for him to blow it out. Are they saying that the, the cake's a bomb? And the, the cake exploded. So why has Randy not got hurt by the pyro and the fireworks? And because wrestling, I've got a, I've got a feeling something's not right. Because <laughs> it was on the outside, it was to distract talent so or ah, could jump him. Ah, and obviously the boys when they were coming to the ring, they didn't see the pyro or anything sticking out the ring apron whatsoever. Probably not. No. Ah, that's it. See, all to be fair sense... to the boys, they were accompanied by a bunch of hookers, so they probably were a bit distracted. Yeah, Vic Flair, definitely. <laughs> 100%. Batista probably as well. I'm looking at that cake and I'm thinking, Nate, that looks like somebody could fit inside of it. And if I know you, if these girls are hot, then what's inside this cake? Oh, that's got to be sweet. But you better thank the big man It's his idea. You didn't do this? Doesn't matter. Batista, you're an animal. And I've seen your taste in women's... All right, doesn't matter who you guys... It doesn't matter who did it. It was probably Bischoff. He wanted to throw us a big party anyway. Hey, Bischoff's got great taste in girls. So I'm telling you what, if this is the appetizer, <laughs> then maybe I'm ready for the main course. Let me tell you what, ladies, when this girl comes out of this cake and she jumps on me, you guys go ahead and join in. There's plenty of me to go around. Because I know this girl, this girl is dying to play the game. So let me have it. <laughs> Right! 
So then, Michael, we go backstage with Eric Bischoff and Evolution. Uh, Triple H is pissed. He wants revenge. And Bischoff makes tonight Evolution versus Randy Orton in a three-on-one handicap match. It didn't have to do it. Fair. Alan would have been happy to just get Orton one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. Why is Bischoff willingly bending over backwards for me? <laughs> He always has done. He's, the thing is, sometimes Bischoff, he'll be a fair man. But like for people like Triple H, he'll always go out of his way to make it worse. Well, um, you know, you've got to look after your top guy. Um, our opening match of the night, Chris Benoit versus Robert Conway with Sylvain Grenier. Uh, Benoit, he gets three Germans. He picks a fourth, uh, goes for the crossface. Conway taps. Benoit wins via submission in just over eight minutes or so. What did you make, Michael, to our opening contest on Raw? I did like how he feigned the fourth to get him into the crossface. I thought that was a nice technique. It was a slightly decent opener. Probably the best singles match of Conway's career. Michael, Diva Search time. We find out up next it's the Seattle Slugfest. Um, a bit of boxing. A bit of boxing on Monday Night Raw. We spoke about it on the last episode. The boxing border control in Washington wasn't very happy, but it sounds like boxing is still going ahead. It sounds like it. Hopefully, Car Carmella gets shit kicked out of her. <laughs> uh, we see, before this, we see a video hyping the return of Shelton Benjamin. He's coming back soon. And Stacey Keebler she gets us underway for the Seattle Slugfest. Um, she goes, are you ready to see the Divas get it on? The crowd go, yay. It's like the only time the crowd's ever popped for Divas because of the way that Stacey put that across. And plus it's Stacey. She goes on to introduce the Diva contestants, but here comes Molly Holly instead. Uh, Who's Molly grown some hair back? She has. It's, it's the, the wig watch is no more, Michael. RIP to the wig watch. I was going to say. <laughs> so, uh, the Mona one, the best one, I'm guessing? I'd, I'd probably say so. I'd probably, yeah, I'd have to agree. It was a fun run while it lasted. Molly Holly, uh, she calls the boxing match a slut fest, which for some reason gets past the censors. Molly then challenges Stacey to any kind of competition, so Stacey decides a dance contest. Um, yeah, because let's have a dance off on Raw. Uh, Molly, yeah. she had, Molly, though, she says she has eight years of ballet, and she's not scared. Uh, she's going to show something the not divas on any current divas have ever shown talent. Like, yes, go on, Molly, turn it on. Uh, she goes through some dodgy looking <laughs> ballet dancing motions. It looks more like breakdown dancing. Yeah, just a touch. Uh, that gets booze. Stacey, she does a little sexy gyrating dancing. That gets loads of cheers, obviously. Um, but all of a sudden, boom, Molly attacks from behind. And she puts her in a chin lock. I thought, if you're going to attack someone, the last thing you do is just, I'm just going to put you in a chin lock. But then yeah, Nidia comes down. Pitted him. Nidia comes down, takes Molly in the corner, throws rights, allows Stacey to use a big high boot in the corner. And quite the angle by the cameraman, fucking fair play. Uh, prompting Gail Kim to run in, that, that Korean native, she takes out Nidia. Stacey, though, fucking shits his head and just bails out of the ring. Yeah, not trying to save the person who saved her. No, no, it's now two on one with Nidia getting battered and Stacey's like, nope, nothing to do with me anymore. Um, and then out comes uh, our resident stripper. Yes, <laughs> Victoria pops out. And you know where this is leading, holla holla player player. Uh, oh, our next match is Trish Stratus, Gail Kim and Molly Holly versus Nidia, Stacey Keebler and Victoria. Uh, Molly hits the handspring China elbow onto Victoria, but Stacey gets the blind tag and rolls Molly up for the victory. So you've got all these decent professional wrestlers in the ring and Stacey Keebler's the one that gets the win. But there was a great half crab from Gail Kim to Nidia where she locked in the... So she locked kind of like a figure four with her unused leg. Like she locked in 
did his unused leg underneath her other leg. And Stacey Keebler won the match. Yeah. See, this this is the issue. I'm trying to give I'm trying to give Divas <laughs> a chance. Well, this is the issue though. You've got so much talent. There is so much talent within this. There's so much talent. The it's not being used. We just we've not Washington had this twenty twenty vision. Yeah, we've not had a steady one-on-one field. What feels like an eternity on Raw. It just feels like it's the group of these heel group of women fighting the face group of women. Like what? Like Nidia. Nidia's done naff all since she's come over to Raw, apart from like run-ins like this. Victoria's done naff all apart from strip and then stop stripping and then start stripping again. Trish. She's come back now from the arm injuries there no more, but she's doing naff all. It's they're just that yeah. I feel like the not divas uh, are because they're getting a lot more of the thought process from the right team. They're just or from creative team even. They're just not. Bothered. You think people are actually thinking that through? Yeah, well, I just think they're just not bothered about the fucking divas at the minute. And it, well, it's like at the minute for the next five ten years. Uh, roll on twenty sixteen for women's wrestling. <laughs> We go backstage as Kane enters Eric's office. Uh, Kane, he says he has a bit of a problem. He didn't sleep at all last night because of his fucking wife costing him a match against Shawn Michaels. Uh, Kane wants to make it all better by challenging Shawn tonight. Bischoff informs him that Shawn's on the highlight reel and offers him Michaels any other night. Kane then chokes Bischoff and says, that's not okay, but Bischoff has another idea. You can have any person you want on the roster, apart from Shawn Michaels, tonight in a no-DQ match. And Kane's like, yeah, I'll take that. But he's just told him where HBK is going to be, and he wants to leather HBK. Why not just wait until HBK goes out for the highlight reel? Speaking of the highlight reel, up next, your brand new Intercontinental Champion gets a Chris Jericho gets a full entrance with his new championship belt. He laments having received a steel enema, a ladder depository, but he says it was all worth it because now he's the new Intercontinental Champion for the unprecedented seventh time. He says it's the sweetest victory of seven last night. And speaking of sweet, the guest tonight who also won it Unforgiven, the master of sweet chin music, the Heartbreak Kid. Um, Michael, I remember when Jericho and Sean had a massive feud. Like, they wanted to kill each other. Yeah. Now this. <laughs> they're be- like, best hey, of friends. Someone else tried to kill you, but you came back, so welcome back. Let's be friends now. <laughs> Uh, Jericho, he says it's great to have Sean back on Raw and it was also great for him to see him beat Kane at Unforgiven. Jericho, though, says it wasn't quite as impressive as his victory in the ladder match, winning the IC belt for a record-breaking seventh time. But that's why Sean came out. He's in his wrestling gear. He fancies it one more time. Yes, please. He wants IC title Jericho versus Michaels tonight. But Well, you know, they did end their feud all tied up. Christian's music, though, hits. Even uh, Tans and Tonko walk out. Christian's reminded of a story of a guy who started his career as a tag team specialist, had a ladder match at WrestleMania, got himself a bodyguard, and became one of the greatest superstars of all time. He's talking, of course, about himself. Which of course like, he is. Which like on the second bit of that, where he said, had a ladder match at WrestleMania. I was like, straight away, I was going, Christian's all about himself. I love it. <laughs> oh, as soon as he said it. As soon as he said the first bit, it's like... He's going to compare himself to Sean, isn't he? <laughs> Christian says, last night, win or lose, he proved himself again as the greatest ladder match competitor of all time. It was like, if they'd not just had a ladder match the night before, we could build to the next match a triple threat ladder between these. Oh. It would have been amazing. 
would have been amazing. It would have been, but it's too soon. It's too far too soon, unless the fans at Table Tuesday can sort it. <laughs> TLC. <laughs> um, Christian demands a title shot as his compensation, but Sean though plays GM and offers him a title shot as long as he can beat me. I mean, a Christian versus HBK feud. That could be so good. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, but Chris Jericho, he knows what's going on. He goes, the guy in the front row knows what's going to happen. He goes, the guy up the, up the bleachers knows what's going to happen. And he's like, what's going to happen? His Tyson Talk is going to fucking interfere and it's going to be two on one. So, that bald ass clown <laughs> with the goofy beard is going to stick his nose where it don't belong. So he offers a solution to this tag team match player player holler holler and Tyson Tonko gets mic, gets mic time probably gets paid a little bit extra for these couple of lines he's like we accept right here right now Christian should be suspended for letting Tonko speak <laughs> and that leads us to our next match it is Tonko and Christian versus Jericho and Shawn Michaels big task here for Christian Jericho and HBK got to make Tonko look less green than Batista in 2003 <laughs> Nathan Jones at Wrestlemania um, I'm, <laughs> I'm not that green I've never wrestled I love how the crowd started a CLB chant and JR's like that's enough of that subject <laughs> uh, Christian he gets the belt the ref tells him to fuck off allowing Y2J to run in and hit him with the spear Tonko is ready for Sean charging him with a big boot Sean ducks switching music One, two, three, and Jericho and Michaels get the victory uh, what did you make? did they carry Tonko enough? Uh I thought they did, to be honest. I think it was more focused on, though, uh, after the match with HPK gets, gets them prettier at ringside. Yes, so that is leading then. Is it to Christian versus Michaels at Taboo Tuesday? Maybe not Taboo Tuesday. Uh, I don't think Christian has anything planned for Taboo Tuesday, does he? I, I, it's not happened yet, probably Michael. I've got no idea. Title, I've got no idea. And then, Michael, we get a promo for the latest superstar joining the roster. Nova. Remember Nova from ECW? He's got I do. a brand new gimmick. Simon The D. lead deep fitness machine. He's here to help you with the Simon system. If you're overweight, Simon is going to make you into a success. From a pathetic loser to a lean dean fitness machine. He also has Deanalicious lean dean body cream and Simon vitamins. I'm unsure it's about the Simon Fitno powder. <laughs> I wonder what that is. <laughs> Basically, you've got a guy now who's going to want to beat up all the fat people on the roster. DDP Yoga from Supernova. If I if I remember rightly though, does does uh, Nova not debut on SmackDown? He does. So he's getting. So I'm not sure why the show would get on Raw. Hmm. But just to get you ready and get you hyped for the Simon system. Uh, so Jonathan Coachman is in the ring for Diva boxing action, uh, and he welcomes us. Uh, he welcomes the Diva contestants out. Uh, coach personally congratulates them on making it this far in the competition but it's sad because as always we have to make one of you come all the way out to say fuck off and go all the way back and this time it is Joy Giovanni so your final two it is Carmella versus Christy Hemi to win the undisputed Diva Search one million dollar contract no, it's of not. course Carmella's quarter in the of, final quarter of a million dollar contract and of course the company's pick from day one has somehow remarkably managed to beat all competitors and make her way to the final against the fiery redhead. 
Uh, so bye bye joy may the future hold nothing but joy and not some random love angle with the big show <laughs> the rules then each competitor will go to a corner where a referee will put their gloves on they'll fight for one round if nobody gets knocked down the fans will vote on who won and if they're just about to get it on Vince Music Man's hits like this is twice now I'm getting very annoyed watching this episode is that no chance? And I'm like, as much as it's nice to see a Vinci could have picked any other point in the show, I want to see these girls kick fuck out of each other. Uh, Vince, I mean, they brought they dragged Jack Dolan to this shit. <laughs> Vince, he reminds everyone about the all new season premiere of Raw next week. Um, he'll have a ground bacon announcement as it relates to Eric Bischoff. He'll also have a ground bacon announcement that relates to every single superstar in the Raw locker room. Um, it'll relate to each and every one of you as he points to the fans. But that's about next week. This week, he's got an announcement and it concerns the coach. Basically, the boxing slugfest, I imagine to get over the boxing border controls, like, warning. It's mm -hmm. not a boxing match. Coach is actually going to be a punch bag. And legitimately, for the next five minutes, the girls beat up coach, which was hilarious, especially the dick, the dick shot by Christy Emmy was fucking brilliant. Unless she spices his ass. It's fucking brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, the size of the fucking gloves should have given it away that it weren't going to be proper boxing. Yeah, it was fucking... That, that was just straight... I think, again, that was just to get away, get over the... Uh, nope, it's not boxing, it's a slugfest because look at the size of the gloves. Um, and as you mentioned a bit ago, uh, Jack Doan, he gives the ladies their instructions. And he's like, coach has a very big mouth, so feel free to hit him there. Coach has a very large head, so aim high and aim hard. He's like, I'm just doing my job. I thought it's fucking... And no hitting below the belt unless absolutely necessary. <laughs> I just thought it was brilliant. And he was like, just to let you know, Joy was coach's favourite. <laughs> Come on, Jack Dunn. There's a reason why he's my favourite referee. So apparently we find out next week um, they're going to announce the winner of the biggest diva search ever. Um, come on, Michael. Cards on the table now. Who's going home as diva search champion? Well, I'd like it to be Christy. I want it to be Carmella. I could see, I could totally see, I could totally see that we putting fucking not that Carmella as the <laughs> Not that Carmella. Uh, King and JR, they say that Eugene has a severe separated shoulder as they're interrupted by Kane's pyro. It's like, so I guess we're not going to see Eugene for a long, long time then. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. I didn't even know he was that injured. After the, uh, after the cage match where Triple H kicked the fuck out of him. Didn't know he was actually injured. Injured, injured. <laughs> Up next. Match number four, King uh, with Lita by his side. Always, always a strong woman supports her man. Going up against... Against the world's biggest jobber. De debuting, Gene Snitsky. It's quite the beast of a man. Going in, I thought, he looks like the world's biggest jobber. <laughs> trunks. Um, I think it's one of them that... It's hard to really put an opinion on Snitsky, knowing that he goes on with the storyline and stuff like that. Um, I, it would have been very interesting to... To see my thoughts from 2003 of seeing this like live sort of thing and be like, mm. oh, the size of fucking hell, the size of this guy I've never heard of with no fanfare. It's just someone that Kane's going to whoop just to show his dominance. Look, I can beat up a big guy. That's what they should be doing. Mm. Lita! Lita! The, the pregnant Lita in the ring! That's a big mistake, Lita. Lita's defying her husband. And Kane doesn't like that one bit, but who would like it? What the evil intentions that Kane had in mind, and I look at him intimidating, cruelly abused his show. No! Snip it! Rocks off! Oh, what a shot! Oh, 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 no, oh, no, oh, no. Oh, no. 
fell right on Lita. Get off her! Get off her! It's no DQ, and the match it all ends on that famous moment of, of Snitsky hitting Kane with the chair, Kane falling onto Lita, Kane screaming out, she's pregnant, she's pregnant, get help. Raw emotion from Kane, sympathy for the rapist. Yeah, it's all feel sorry for the rapists. The highlight of the match, the crowd, after Kane had knocked his missus down and the EMTs were in the ring and everyone's looking after Lita and feeling worried, Baby killer, baby killer. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> See, no, I think the highlight brilliant. was after they put the breathing mask and shit on her. Because, you know, they take it to a fucking ambulance, not a fucking surgery. Isn't something a Z-Pack can sort out? <laughs> but the highlight for me was Uncle Val and Mavens at the ambulance. Were they swear we like trying to score free drugs? <laughs> Val's like, I know a guy, but we have to meet him back out back of the arena. We come back from the break, and JR and the King are doing that voice about yeah. not just like Lita and the baby, about Kane. Yeah. JR fucking The guy who set Kane. you on fire a year ago. Yeah, the passion that has come through JR's voice over the last two, three months about forcing Lita to get married against her own fucking will. Oh, we, we, we'd like to express our condolences to Lita and to Kane. What? <laughs> it's like, come, what? come again, JR. I think JR's get, got early Alzheimer's here. <laughs> and it is time, Michael, for our main event of the evening. It's Handicap, it's Evolution, Triple H, Batista and Flair versus Randy Orton. Did you notice that Randy Orton didn't get his main event pyro? I did. Did you notice how the way Lillian said uh, a combined weight of 817 pounds? That's a lot of beef. Sounds a bit excited. <laughs> I mean, that is a lot of man. That's a lot of beef. Um, so the match towards the end, Triple H, he kicks Orton into a corner, but rebounds into a headbutt into the Never Regions, which is one of them famous. Triple H is always, I'll take that spot. If anyone needs to do a dick shot, Triple H is always the first one. Yep, I'll be the one, no problem. Um, I mean... I think it must be big enough that it doesn't hurt him. Or, or small enough. They so can't small they can't feel it. <laughs> um, Orton knocks Batista and Flair, goes for the RKO, but Triple H shoves Orton right into Big big Dave and his big meaty clothesline, and that draws a DQ. It's like, hang on, we've got a handicap match. Um, yeah. I've always, it's like any, you see this happen all the time in time matches, yeah. it never causes a DQ. Only now and again, when they feel the need to do it for storyline. Evolution, they start beating on Randy Orton until all of a sudden making his big return, Shelton Benjamin. But he starts getting beaten up and then here comes the rabid Wolverine. It's three on three. If only this wasn't main event, Michael, because there'd be a tag team main event player player. Well, I think I know what's happening next week. Yes. Vince's obsession what? week after week after week with multi-man matches. What they could have done, they could have had Benoit make the save first. And then have the returning Shelton. Shelton to the big triumphant and have Shelton destroy everybody. Yes. But it's like... Have a chair if you want. It's, it's like... Even the odds. It's like Vince has been forced into pushing Shelton Benjamin in a weird way. That he doesn't really want to. 
But I'll go on then. And it's like, but you watch him in the ring and you think, how can you not want to push this kid? Yeah, I, I think it's one of them that's we, we've spoke about before. He just doesn't have much charisma about him, unfortunately. And he's not the greatest on the mic. And I think they're two of the key things that gets over with Vince. Maybe wrong. I think he has got charisma. He's just not as good on the mic. So just put him with someone who's good on the mic. Game of manager. Yeah. But there's nobody about... We either tried that with his... Well, we'll get to this in a couple of years. With his mum. With his mum. <laughs> Um, so the, it all boils down to um, RKO from Randy Orton onto Batista after a diving headbutt. Um, the faces, they leave the ring, Orton poses with the chair as Triple H looks on. Um, it's just one of them, yeah, it's... We're still pushing Randy Orton as the next big thing, aren't we? You know, even though he's just lost the title, let's, let's make sure he finishes the, the following Raw. Raw goes off the air, Randy Orton looking mm. strong. Um, I just, I'm still, I'm dead against them dropping the title to, to, to back to Triple H. Um, I don't see what everybody else apparently, uh, I was no even way. I see what apparently everybody else didn't see, and I can't see a thing wrong with Randy Orton's run so far. I can't. I thought, I thought it was too short. That's the only issue I have with it. It was far too short. That's it. Randy Orton hold it for a couple more months. That's all that would have needed. All that would have needed. And you could have built the the turn leading up to Rumble. Yeah. I'll bring the title back at Rumble. Absolutely. Like Absolutely. Um, so then, Michael, what did you make overall to Monday Night Raw? The uh, the fallout from Unforgiven. How many Mavens? I thought it was a pretty decent Raw. I gave it a three, three Maven. Uh, it was always, always nice to see Main Event Maven on Raw. Always. Always, always nice to see Main Event Maven on Raw. <laughs> Don't know what I'm giving away there. But. <laughs> uh, I would give it a two and a half. I think it was quite middle at road. Um, a lot more storyline has gone into this episode of Monday Night Raw. The match quality that we did get, it was it was it was good. It was very high quality. Um, even enjoyed Rob Conway's work, uh, but I think yeah, it was exactly. It's very storyline driven at the minute. We've got all the diva search bollocks still continuing. Vince is making announcements here, there, and everywhere. Um, well, Raw is. Your soap opera, SmackDown is your sports show. Definitely is. What, ish. <laughs> it def- to an extent. Definitely is at the moment. It was. Absolutely. It was. Michael, breaking news. Jamie Noble has been released <gasps> by the WWE. Fuck off. Uh, the WWE issued a statement. World Wrestling Entertainment and Jamie Noble have parted ways. WWE would like to wish Noble all the best in his future endeavours. And some further reports a couple of days after... Uh, Jamie Noble, uh, who's been with the WWE for the past few years, was officially terminated by the company earlier this week. WWE sources felt that he did not bring enough to the table and was not getting over despite being given many gimmicks. The feeling that because he's a small wrestler with a heavyweight style, he wasn't just someone anyone would make, make excuses to keep on board. Apparently Noble received heat for making an insurance claim based on a WWE-related matter. Even though the actual issue had nothing to do with WWE, sources though they kept this under the wraps for the time being, but the uh, the torch was able, the progress and torch was able to extract a tiny bit from it. Um, so yeah, it sounds like he's been a bit of a comeback stage, really. Probably putting a filing an insurance claim against WWE when it's got note to WWE just because you know you'll get a payout from their insurers. Yeah. That's a bit, uh, a bit gross misconduct test, that isn't it? But fucking hell, Jamie Noble's gone. See you in Vingabado, lad. So then, Michael, are you ready for some smack of the down? The last time we were here, 
It was uh, Kurt Angle and Eddie Guerrero. They were seemed like they were wanted to fight forever, and we were quite happy to go along for the ride. Um, mm -hmm. We got JBL still up to no good with the Undertaker, and we found out that at No Mercy it's going to be a last ride match. Um, what are you uh, hoping to get out of the next three weeks? Smack of the down. Well, hopefully we get some good story for the US title build. I mean, we've got four. We've got the fourth match coming up, and the main last match is going to be at the pay per view. They might if not, it's if it's needed. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> of course, it's always fucking needed. Because it's rare. I think there's only like, what, three? Two or three? Where the series has actually gone clean sweep. <laughs> Absolutely. And speaking of our best of five, opening the show, it is a best of five match for Booker T versus John Cena with Tony Wilson, Michael, handling the uh, ring introductions. I mean, I always like to see Tony Wilson, but what's the story here? Why is she the ring guest ring announcer for this? No one. It's never explained. One, it's one of them untold mysteries of WWE. Do you know what I mean? Well, untold mysteries of wrestling. Who drove the White Hummer? Who, who threw the pie at Kevin Owens? Who tried to kill Vince? And why was Tony Wilson ring announcing just for this opening match, may I add? Um, Booker T, he goes for the axe kick, but Cena catches him and delivers a FU for the victory. So it is all tied up, Michael, going into No Mercy. Two to two. Call it now, money on the table. Who's coming out of No Mercy with a title? The Doctor. Mainly because of how Tory introduced Booker at the start of the match. The current United States champion, Booker T. Yeah. Never have they ever said the current champion. No. Or oh, they're reigning potentially, or defending, yeah, or, but not the yeah. current. Yeah, yeah, like you know, it's not going to last long. <laughs> uh, we go backstage. Uh, Teddy Long he congratulates Big Show for making such an impact last week. He offers Big Show a choice between facing Eddie Guerrero or Kurt Angle one on one at No Mercy. So, Big Show, are you a heel? Are you a face? Is this on? It's still not to an address. That's, that's a damn show. to find out. Well, keep that. Hold that thought, Michael. Hold that thought. Um, we get a recap of Billy Kidman uh, losing his mind, costing the tag team titles. And Michael Cole is interviewing Kidman and asking why he's such a bitch. Uh, Kidman, he resents that and says he was just preventing another injury. He says he's just misunderstood. He said, you people are just bloodthirsty animals. And if you want to see me do another shooting star press, you're fucking sick. Because I kill people with this move. But isn't that the idea of a wrestling match? <laughs> your idea is to hurt your opponent so you can defeat them. For three seconds. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. That's from a kayfabe standpoint. That's the fucking point to a wrestling match. Kidman, Kidman's realized so if you don't want to hurt people, get the fuck out. <laughs> Kidman's realised though that shooting star press it does more damage than them three seconds. London comes out and he points out that if Kidman wasn't ready to fight last week, they shouldn't have defended the titles. London demands an explanation, but Kidman says he's got fuck all to say. London then smacks him in the face. Kidman though, no retaliation, just walks out. Yeah, and London just keeps telling him, calling him a quitter. Yeah, so yeah, fucking pussy kid man constantly throwing the word quit around makes me think we're going to get a type of match Kidman, I know we're not Kidman but... versus London in an I quit match <laughs> oh, I don't know about that <laughs> well Tasmok's out at the thought of London versus Kidman and London versus Kidman I'm all down for because Kidman can still go and London London's brilliant um, I, I like the few, I like the storyline where it's going. I enjoy, I'm enjoying this. I'm a pussy. I don't want to finish me hit me finisher because I kill people with it. It's like it's like Austin thinking I'm not going to do stunner anymore because I imagine the jaw hurts quite a lot afterwards. Definitely going to let you tell them for starters, <laughs> let alone your opponent. 
Um, we get a SmackDown throwback as we're still building up to the big anniversary special. Uh, it's Jericho and Benoit winning TLC three. Uh, that that's a, like it's a it's a really happy memory for me, but it's also a sad one because that leads up to Triple H doing his quad injury and a Triple H not making the invasion, and um, which I firmly believe yeah. that was one of the biggest biggest pieces of the puzzle that we're missing. Don't get me wrong. Although, yeah, everyone goes on about how the biggest puzzle was piece of the puzzle missing was not being able to afford majority of the WCW guys. No, I, I agree. It was Triple H not being there. Triple H was such a mainstay for all many, many years leading up to that as that from like maybe the butt end of 99 he was the baddest bastard going on fucking Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. It's like, it's like you look back at who they had on Invasion on WWE side you think Big Show's probably over there because Triple H is injured. Oh, absolutely. You could you probably could even say that for Jericho. They might have, it matters because Vince likes his beef. Maybe. Don't they, so... Big Show's got a lot of beef. So, Maybe it would have been Rock versus Triple H and then Angle versus Austin, then Triple H Austin at Vengeance. Yeah, def- definitely, definitely. I mean, Jer- that, why do you think they took it off Jericho as soon as Triple H come back from injury? Yeah. <laughs> and then dropped it to Hogan straight away. Yes, absolutely, because beef. Uh, up next, Michael, Rob Van Damme and Rey Mysterio tagging again against the Dudleys. Ugh. Ugh. Back in the pyjamas, <laughs> the Dudleys are. Uh, a Dudley double team backfires. RVD finishes Devon with the five star. Um, standard stuff from what you'd expect from these four. Uh, Spike, though, because he's a little bastard, he kicks Devon in his bollocks because they failed. Uh, Spike lets Bubba Devon know that he's in charge. Like, I fucking love evil bastard Spike. I do, but my big question here Bubba watches uh, Spike kick Devon in the dick. Does fuck all. Because he's scared of Spike. But why? <laughs> still, that's still not been explained. Look at the size difference. Yeah, that's still not been explained yet. It's got must be something to do with like a lockbox. What the fuck was in that lockbox? Well, that, that's one of them. Just like DTV, mate. And the reason why Tony Wilson <laughs> ring announcing, we'll never know. Uh, we go back. Do you Vince is going to like reveal all of this on his death? His autobiography, <laughs> the secrets of wrestling by Vince McMahon. I'd buy that. Hundred percent. Um, Michael Cole he apologises for being unprofessional last week uh, and we go backstage where Eddie Guerrero approaches Big Show and tells him he's not really impressed uh, Eddie tells him he's not going to tolerate Show making his big return at Eddie's expense he tells Big Show to sign the contract that says Eddie Guerrero so you can kick fuck out of no mercy so we can have a rematch from last year yeah just, uh, they fought no mercy 2003 as well we see JBL, he says he's going to call The Undertaker out in an effort to make people think he's a worthy champion. And this time we get the real Undertaker, but JBL, he sends Jordan out, calls for a boxing match, and it goes quite badly for JBL. Um, it was all set up anyway, as all of a sudden, Michael, Viscera and Gangrel come out to turn the tables. Of all the people to bring back from the ministry. Of all the people. You could have brought your former tag team partner back for the start, John. Well, the thing is, it was a weird one because, A, they didn't mention anything about JBL being in the ministry. Nope. B, they didn't mention anything about the ministry turning on the brood and kicking them out after Christian grasped uh, to, Ken, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, was it Christian he grasped to, on where they got Stephen McMahon, he grasped to Ken Shamrock and they kicked the brood out they of the ministry. When we, got, when we got like the corporate ministry, Brood were nowhere to be seen in the Ministry of Darkness no, or the no, corporate no. ministry. Fucking bullshit, WWE. Bringing back Viscera and Gangrel. I can feel it. I can feel this crowd chanting for The Undertaker. 
with a look in the champion's eyes. I'm not too sure, Cole. Undertaker might be shocked, too. It takes a lot to shock The Undertaker, I'll promise you yeah, that. That's a good point. Can't believe this, this <laughs> is going to happen. There's going to be a fight right here. Smack that. And there's no referee out here, so you're right. Uh, this is going to be a straight-out fight. You don't need a referee. These two men are going to have at it. Here we go. You want to throw hands with The Undertaker. Oh, oh, and oh, Undertaker oh, with the right hand, and another one, and here comes The Undertaker, and they're getting it on here tonight on SmackDown. Oh, what a shot. Undertaker with the right hand to the champion. Heads up. Oh, oh, my God. To the side of the head, oh, to the temple God. of the champion, JBL, knocked for a loop. What a shot with that boot. Oh, oh my. Well, JBL had the wherewithal to realize there was a choke slam in route right here. Oh, and now JBL right. pegging off. Oh, left Wait a minute. Oh, man. Orlando Jordan, who the hell? No. What is that? That's Gangrel. And look at the look at him. The other guy. That's what you say. That's visceral. That's visceral. A splash to the Undertaker. Gangrel and visceral are back. What the hell? And now that's 401, the chief of steps. What's this? Wow, a variation of a double choke slam into a sit-out powerbomb. This is a four-on-one feeding. Can you believe these guys, Visser and Gangrel, once members of the Undertaker's Ministry of Darkness? JBL must have a hell of a lot of influence. Oh, yeah. He's got big-time influence. And another word for influence on Wall Street, Paul, is cash. Cold, hard cash. You think he brought these guys out? Uh, hello? Yeah, I think so. This is a trap. Oh, my! Oh, my! The champion getting out of the ring, but the assault continues. The Undertaker desperately trying to battle back in his thing. And sure is. Big Evil, how's he doing it? I don't know. The right hands, now the boot to Orlando Jordan. JBL's chief of staff with the right hands to Gangrel. And now, that man going for Vishra, shot down. Oh, Undertaker taking everybody out. Of all fucking people. But it was fucking cool to hear the rude theme music. That, that's the only thing that keeps Gangrel going. Like, I'd pay a meet and greet for Gangrel to come up out of the floor with flames to his music. But he did come out of the floor with flames. He just walked out with <laughs> Visser. Because Visser is the man. I'm big fucking big Mabel. Fucking Mabel. <laughs> the beatdown from the Ministry doesn't last long, though, as Undertaker takes out all three guys before a big clothesline from JBL. Um, it's, yeah, where's this leading? So it's just leading to the Visser and Gangrel are now joining JBL as his, his new corporate ministry. Yeah, you could you could have brought back your former fucking tag partner Damn. who was also a part of the fucking ministry with you. Damn. Up next, Rene Dupree and Kenzo Suzuki versus the full-blooded Italians. I love how... <laughs> what do you think of Ken and Ren's theme I'm just mashup? about to ask the same question. I love how it got blended together. It was weird. I... I kind of liked it. <laughs> but then all the times I'm like, why am I enjoying this? Yeah. Um, as the match begins, Heidenreich comes out and kidnaps Michael Cole. Taz is a bit worried about his pal, so he leaves it a few minutes for him to fully fuck off and then thinks, maybe I should go and follow. So Taz, and no one in the ring gives a shit. Taz fucks off. No one pays any attention. The match goes on without no commentary, which I found very weird. Uh, Dupree, he finishes Stamboli with a Michinoku driver. Um, it wasn't a bad match, but 
again, there's no commentary, and you need commentary to make a yeah. match, especially if you're not there live on TV. Yeah, you need a commentary. You need commentary on a TV match. Um, we go to the break. We come back. We get a cold opening as Taz and Cole are still not there, and then we catch up with Heidenreich and Michael Cole. <laughs> I bet you're wondering why I got you back here, Michael. Well, I've been watching you, and I've been studying you, Michael. And I know me and you, we want the same things. We have the same desires. Well, now that I've got you back here, all along with me, I'm going to give you what you want. It all looks a bit suspicious, and Tyler Mack, he's got him in an awkward position. Uh, and it basically, the way I can put it, Michael, is it seems that we find out that Michael Cole is a fielder and not a batter. <laughs> yeah, they had to know what this fucking looked like, right? <laughs> they had to know. When they were filming it, they had to be like, hang on. <laughs> uh, we need to do angle. It looks like he's trying to bomb him. <laughs> we go backstage and the big dog... He tries to talk some sense to Big Show on behalf of Kurt Angle. I don't get it, because Luther's telling, pretty much trying to convince Big Show to fight Angle at no mercy at the start. Why does everybody want to fight the Big Show? Yeah. If, Why would you want to put yourself in a position with someone who tried to fucking kill somebody? <laughs> because wrestling. We go back to Michael Cole and Heidenreich's Night of Passion. Um, they've moved on to auto-erotic asphyxiation and a little bit of poetry. I don't like, though, he seemed a little bit annoyed that Cole didn't like his poem. Um, he gets a bit clingy oh, thank you. Michael Cole then, like, pulls his pants up. Like, and just scarpers. <laughs> the fact that Michael Cole, it looked like he pulled his pants up. They're just making this even look worse. That Heidenreich has proper just slipped a sausage up Michael Cole's dirt shoot. <laughs> I don't know why that expression just tickled me. Is he going to turn into like his lover now? Are you going to get a besotted Heidenreich sending Michael Cole gifts and flowers and stuff? Crazy stalker. <laughs> up next is Charlie Haas with his wife, Miss Jackie, going up against Spike Dudley. Michael, Taz returns, so at least we have a bit of commentary. Um, Spike tries the Dudley dog, but Haas tosses him to the outside. This draws Devon, though. He attacks Haas to the DQ. And the Dudleys do a big Dudley beatdown until all of a sudden making his big return. It's like Raw had shout and we can one up this. Rico just had a shower. Rico comes and makes the save. So he's, we, we spoke about it. It seems like about six months ago now. That yeah, in WWE's like timeline, he had the injury, took him off TV. We was like, well, we hope that they're going to keep going with Charlie and Miss Jackie. They've done that. We've gone full circle. Let's get the titles back on them. I know we're not. Uh, fuck it. Yeah, let's get the titles back on them. Why not? I mean, they're a good tag team. They've got chemistry there. I just found it funny. It looks like he's just come out of the shower, but he's still had time to put his fucking face paint Of course. Of course. Um, Teddy Long, he conducts an informal poll on who Big Show should face at No Mercy. Uh, the crowds seem a bit 50-50 split. I think the crowd would just be happy to see Eddie and Angle one more time. Yeah. Like, I know I would be. Can't we send Big Show to fight fucking Rico and Charlie Ass 2-on-1 or something? Oh... Team Tag We Taker against uh, Brood. Yeah, or FBI. 
get FBI pay for your pay per view payday. <laughs> don't fucking know, I don't book this. But I don't like what they're booking. Um, Kurt Angle, he promises no retaliation from being thrown off the balcony. And he says, show should just go on his merry way. Eddie, though, he, he comes out, he's more direct. He promises show an ass-kicking should he sign the contract. The crowd, though, they're chanting, triple threat. And it's like, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. That, Why that not? That makes sense. Um, after a minute... Give all guys a payday. Absolutely. After a minute, uh, Big Show, he signs to face Eddie. Um, Angle and Luther, though, they jump Eddie and they tack him down as Big Show watches. Angle gets all cocky, so Big Show rips up the contract and signs to meet Kurt Angle on the dotted line. Angle and Luther then jump him, but Eddie makes the save and Long makes the logical match for next week. Eddie and Big Show versus Angle and the Big Dog. On the season premiere of SmackDown. Season premiere. The main event is Kurt Angle and Luther Reigns team up player against Eddie Guerrero player and the Big Show player. Holla, holla, holla. Player, player, player. I'm getting vibes of um, Jericho, Michaels, Tonko and Christian. (laughs) Oh, you too. One of these four doesn't seem right. (laughs) So then, Michael, what did you make then to smack off the down and how many mavens for the opening week? I, I thought it was a decent SmackDown. I get two and a half. I think Raw still wins. Storylines on Raw are slightly better. Just, just, just a touch. <laughs> well, I think. But the matches on SmackDown. Yeah, uh, just to great. say the match in-ring match quality is much better on SmackDown. Um, I think because, like we mentioned before, it, it, you get a lot more of the wrestlers are on SmackDown. It's just a shame that Jamie Noble's not with them wrestlers anymore. Michael, some dirty, dirty, dirty sheet news coming out of Smack of the Down. Pro Wrestling Insider reports that Kurt Angle and Eddie Guerrero got into a backstage fight last night at SmackDown, a situation which began the minute the two came back through the curtain. Apparently, Eddie Guerrero missed his cue in the final segment, causing Angle's character to look weak. Um, Eddie has not been himself lately, with some claiming he never fully recovered from his concussion, so he took offence when Angle told him to get his head out of, in, in the game out of frustration. Um, the two started exchanging words, which quickly became physical, with Angle putting Guerrero in a face lock and taking him down. Apparently, Johnny Ace pulled them apart, and they got back into it later on. Uh, Vince McMahon apparently just spoke to both of them about, about the incident, and um, it's called calm, but it sounds like Eddie the Hothead once again backstage. What did he miss? Because everything that... Nothing seemed out of place on that last segment. Maybe the network cut something and we didn't realise. Maybe they, they were that sharp with their cuts. Um, and also, according to PW Insider, internal sources claim WWE decided to bring in Viscera and Gangrel for the angle with Undertaker as a way to use established stars without killing the overness of current wrestlers. So Gangrel and Viscera are established stars, according to those. That Say that again. Established stars, according to those backstage. One more time. Sounds like you're speaking Chinese. <laughs> And apparently, even though they're fighting next week, um, the two will not be with WWE for long term as they did not sign a contract to re- return full time. Thank fuck for that. Thank fuck for that. Michael, are you ready for some more Monday Night Raw? Let's get it. Let's get it. Uh, the show opens with Vince out straight away for his blockbuster announcement. Um, did you notice that someone had, in the crowd had a sign with Tonko's name on it? Like, someone's gone, I'm going to Raw tonight, I'm going to take a sign for Tyson Tomko. Oh, that poor person. <laughs> Vince, he calls out Eric Bischoff, who's still limping due to his sledgehammer attack like five weeks ago. Um, Vince, he suggests that the fans should decide the contents of an entire pay-per-view. Thus, Taboo Tuesday is set aside for October 19th. 
and the fans are just going to do that. Eric, though, thinks it's a bad idea to leave everything in the fans' hands. And Vince, he knows the score. Eric is feeling a bit left out. But Vince reassures him that with the announcement that Eric won't be the GM that night, but an active wrestler. And that night, he'll be going one-on-one with the returning Eugene. And he says, what if the loser actually be the other's manservant? Or what about wear a dress? Or shaved bald? It's up to you fans to decide. Um, Eric, though, he tries to manipulate Eugene out of the match. Even he suggests a lawsuit and then ice cream. But Eugene, though, he decks him. Vince goes to leave, but Eugene wants a hug. Vince obliges and power walks back to the ramp with Eugene in tow doing exactly the same. Do you know, it's one of the funniest I've seen Eugene in ages. We're not putting him over as a fucking ass kicker taking out Evolution. Put him over as exactly how he should be, a fucking ooh. (laughs) Loved it. I did love Vince's comment, though, where he said, there's a reason that you're the GM of Raw and I'm not the GM of Nitro. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, up next, Stacey Keebler and Victoria versus Trish Stratus and Molly Holly. Uh, the finish comes when uh, Stacey, she surprises Molly with a shoulder slide for a free count. It's like, fuck off, Stacey's getting win after win. She's on a streak. Two in a row. On a streak. Uh, we go to the back, and uh, the Not Divas, they're sweating the decision of who wins tonight. Elsewhere in the back, Orton is reading the Raw magazine when Vinch happens to approach him. And Orton he ends the segment by delivering that line that he still uses to this day. That tonight's match is going to end with the three most dangerous letters in sports entertainment. There, there, there. We got... And then it cuts to the crowd. And of all people, who will someone who will never be shown in WWE. <laughs> I know. Either. My first thought was, God, 2020 wouldn't have you, would it? Superstar Billy Graham. Well, we are in Arizona, so that's probably why there's a Tomco sign. Did you notice as well behind Superstar, there was a fan sign that said Otis. Hey, fucking hell. In 2004. Someone went, someone's gone fucking back to the future. Come on, man. Oh, yeah. We need to go back. <laughs> uh, we get a replay of Baby Killing from last week and the man, the myth, him, legend himself, Gene Snitsky, is on the Titan Tron. Uh, Snitsky denies all responsibility over and over, saying, it's not my fault. I've got a feeling he's trying to get this catchphrase over. You reckon? Just, uh, Can't see it picking off. Something about it. Something about it. And we go back to fucking casualty. As Todd Grisham's at the hospital. And after the following match, we will get an interview with the big dead rapist. Um, I can't wait to see what... Why did we need a coming next? Stay tuned, folks. Don't switch the channel. You're going to get an exclusive from Kane at the hospital. Because Holby City and shit. <laughs> up next, Hurricane with Rosie going up against Tajiri and Rhino. Uh, before the match... Hurricane, he hands his mask out to a lucky fan at ringside. He's like, that's Bret Hart memories of the new gen era. Um, but that is going to become a little bit important a little bit later on. Uh, the finish comes. Tadges gets rolled up by Hurricane. But Tadges surprises him with a counter and the free count. Post-match, Hurricane is pissed off. Goes to the fan and takes a mask off and fucks off. So now he's an evil superhero. He's like the Hamburglar now then, is he? So is this where the heel turn starts? I've got a feeling. We cut to the hospital. Uh, Kane, he says this isn't one of Lita's better days. <laughs> no shit. Uh, the doctors are doing all they can, but at the minute the baby has a 50-50 chance of survival. Uh, Grisham, he brings up Snitsky's denial, uh, and Kane declares him a dead man before we go to commercial. That, but in that your brother's gimmick? <laughs> but it's uh, it's not sounding too good for the uh, for the baby. Fucking hell, poor poor Jr. and King. They must be fucking going out of their minds. Going out, out, oh, out, poor rapist Kane. The fucking minds that sympathetic rapist baby killing Kane. Up next, I see, t- <coughs> I see title time. Shawn Michaels versus Chris Jericho. 
Uh, Christian, he comes out to join JR on more than on commentary, so you know shenanigans is going to go down. And JR mentions on commentary that it's been nearly 10 years since HBK last held the IC title. That was 1995, last time he held the title. <laughs> JR with his maths on point once more. Uh, the finish of the match comes when Jericho has the walls locked in, but Big Tyson comes out on the apron. Jericho knocks him off with a drop kick, turns around, switching music, but Christian's there to pull Sean off, attacks him. DQ victory for Michaels, still your champion, Chris Jericho. Post match, Tyson beats on Jericho, Christian beats on Michaels, the faces get destroyed. Um, so, yeah, tag team match player player, then next week, I guess. Again. More than likely. Again. <laughs> Why not the tag team rematch? Because that's that's how we book things now. Just tag matches, tag matches, tag matches. It's like twenty twenty vision. Uh, Smackdown rebound is interrupted though as Todd Grisham has an update from the hospital. Uh, the doctors are rushing into Lita's room. A nurse tells Todd to get the fuck out of the way, but didn't say don't say fuck all to the cameraman. You guys just stay there, Phil, but it's fine. <laughs> but he has to fuck off. The segment ends at the hospital as Kane screams from behind the door. No, my baby. As we go back to the arena and Triple H is concerned about the fans picking the opponent for Taboo Tuesday, uh, Dave says screw the fans and Flair gives on to the pep talk. Um, as we go to JR and the King, they're a bit more chirpier as they pimp in the finals of the Not Diva contest. Uh, and we get a video package. We get an actual yeah. fucking video package. Why do we have to get a recap? I can't remember half of these fucking birds. <laughs> uh, who's been your, uh, your main event? Who would get five-star main event Maven out of all the contestants? It doesn't have to be the two that are in the final. Could be Maria. Any, any of the contestants. Maria. 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 So it, it, you, we spoke about this before. You can see why she's the one one of them that they sign. Who is yours? Ooh. Mm. I like the twins. I'm a fan of that, the twins. What was the name? I cannot remember. But one of them, one of them had a name that weren't the name that said on screen. I remember that much. <laughs> I just remember the twins. Up next, Michael, one half of your world tag team champion, Sylvain Garnier, goes up against main event Maven in the main event of the mid card of Monday Night Raw, Michael. And what the fuck is the network dubbed over his theme music for? <laughs> I don't know. That really pissed me off. There's no need. Absolutely no need. Especially the fact that half of the time, there's a lot of stuff that get past the censors, as we've mentioned a lot of times, where people swear it gets past. But then they fine-tune little things. Like, someone's, Vince has got a team of people editing Raw and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, fuck, we, need to ch we forgot about Maven's theme. We need to change it. What a random fucking thought. Random thought. But, shock horror. Well, fucking da -da 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 Maven gets the victory, Michael. The streak is back on. Because Sylvia hit, may have hit that 1.5D, but it took far too long to cover. Inside cradle. Fucking three count. That's all it takes. Maven movement, people. We say we're real. It takes. We Five Maven you. match, absolutely. I told you it was Just happening. for the victory. WWE The Bump agreed as well by having fucking main event Maven appear on The Bump, which was fucking amazing. That's for, that's for us. We go back, Michael, to the hospital and Todd Grisham's with the doctors. Apparently, they tried everything they could, but unfortunately, Lita has lost the baby. And Gene, baby killer Snitsky, has gained possibly a, grand, a brand new army of fans for finally putting stop to this fucking stupid storyline. It's a shame it had to end in death, but at least... Yeah, at least we but then we would get a whole machete. 
We can move on now. Kane can move to pastures new. We can all move on. Lita can go back to fighting again. Everything's that storyline over, yeah? It should be. Well, they need to get a divorce first, but... Ah, fucking well. She's got a lot of grounds. Although, she's probably getting a little bit. Not that long she's got loud. No. Uh, Kane, he comes out throwing an absolute fucking big paddy, screaming all over, terrorising the doctors before he goes back into the uh, hospital room. Leah's there, probably doing the best acting she's ever done in a WB career as the segment ends. And Just laying there, deadpan. And we go to a commercial break, we come back, and JR and the King are giving their condolences to Lita and Kane's dead baby. Please just give us an update on Lita's condition. Sure. Um, Lita's in stable condition. She fought very hard, but unfortunately we lost the baby. Um, we did everything we could. Share about the kid, but why are we being sympathetic to a rapist? <laughs> a baby killing rapist. Yeah, because he technically fell on earth. That's it. One of them that did it. That poor fake belly. One of them did it. Either Snitsky fucking he, he, he started it, Kane ended it. One of them did it. One of them's fucking got to be found guilty here. So, Michael, for the final time on our journey, it does feel like it's been one hell of a journey. Jonathan Coachman brings us to the final of the Not Diva Search 2004. Uh, and before he's about to announce the winner, Trish Stratus, she comes out and she says next week she'll have a victory party slash initiation for the winner and leaves. Um, ultimately, Coach gets around to announcing that the winner and brand new diva is Christy Hemi. Michael, what do you make to overall thoughts on your winner and how many mavens for the diva search? Well, at least it weren't that fucking plastic looking whatever the fuck she is. <laughs> but I like... The last segment, I like Trish beating that. Invitation is up. Is it not optional? It's mandatory. You don't have to tell me. <laughs> I'm there. Big Lead the way, Trish. Big Lead the way. Tyson will be there as well, I imagine. Um, but yeah, I'd, are you sad? Are you happy? Are you relieved? What's your, what's your <laughs> I'm fucking relieved it's over. Right now that the diva search is over, Michael. I'm relieved it's over. I'm, I'm a bit upset, if I'm not going to lie. You've got to thank Vince for this. We've seen a lot of boobs and bums over this past six, eight weeks. Yes, that's always a good thing. <laughs> always, always. Up next, main event time, is Evolution's Batista, Ric Flair and world champion Triple H versus Chris Benoit, Shelton Benjamin and Randall Orton. Has Shelton always had pyro, or is that something new? It's the big return. He's the new, new main, I thought event, it was. main event Benjamin. It's all about the big return. But uh, maybe like they realised that they'd not used the pyro from last week with Randy Orton. They thought, fuck, we've got some spare. We'll give it, we'll be interested to see if it carries on and Shelton gets some next week. Hopefully it does. Hopefully it's a new gimmick for him. <laughs> What's your gimmick? I've got pyro. 
<laughs> not very promising. That's the one gimmick in 2020, isn't it? Not very promising. Um, the finish comes when Randy Orton tags himself in, cleans house before hitting the RKO on Flair for the free count. Um, he did he did call it. He did tell Vince earlier backstage. He did call it. And a post-match, Randy Orton celebrates as Raw goes off the air. Like, they're desperately trying to tell you that Randy Orton's still the man. and I believe it. I believed it before this episode of Raw. They didn't need to do that for me. I don't think they need to do that to anyone. I don't think anyone was arguing that Orton's the main event now. Absolutely not. Absolutely. Well, apparently, apart from Vince McMahon. Because I, I, I'm sorry, I still don't understand the reason why he dropped the title. So, Michael, how many Mavens then for the second episode of Monday Night Raw on this little three-week block? I'll give it a three Maven. It was decent Raw. Diva says she's finally over. That's that it. don't mean we're not going to do. That's it. Yeah. Fuck, fuck, fuck for that. Move on. <laughs> and, you know, the Kane Elite storyline is now seemingly over as well. So. <laughs> seemingly. And, um, and how many Mavens? Three. Three. Uh, two and a half for me again, I'd say. Michael, some dirt sheet news coming out of Monday Night Raw. Triple H is apparently pissed off with the Not Divas. Now... Viewed as one of the few moments of the Diva search that fans considered memorable, uh, the recent Diva segment in which the four finalists cursed each other is still a topic of discussion backstage. Um, the latest word is that Triple H, who was allegedly not a big fan of the competition, was one of the few backstage to not laugh at the segment. Uh, conflicting backstage reports, likely depending on their opinion of Triple H, cite a number of reasons for Hunter's frustrations. One theory is that Triple H felt that raunchy segments do not keep the serious nature of wrestling, However, many backstage feel that Triple H might have been looking out for himself and other Raw wrestlers with his comments. Um, in the end, he reckoned it made Raw look lame, and apparently a source quotes that Triple H has said, so now it's okay to curse, so next week I'm going out and calling Randy Orton a cunt. Yes, I want to see, I want to see that. <laughs> Come on, then, you cunt. <laughs> he actually said cocksucker, uh, but his actual line was cocksucker, but I preferred the word cunt. Console is a better word. Um, so then, Michael, are you ready for some more smack of the down? It is September the 23rd, 2004. We kick things off. Vince McMahon, he comes out about the season premiere. Uh, we also get um, a new video package, did you notice, as the show started? I did, but it's the wrong fucking music. Again, it should be Drowning Pool's song, Rise Up. So then, Michael, our first match of the night is Paul London versus Billy Kidman. I thought this might be something that they might have held off till No Mercy and had another week or another couple of weeks. Of, like, come on, you're a pussy and that. And No. Well. Kidman, he just walks out. He's not having none of it. Yeah, <laughs> not having exactly. none of it. So Paul London wins via counter uh, after about a minute or so, if you want to give it a match time. Are they going to put it towards the pay-per-view or next week? Are they going to go again with this? Very interesting. And then give you sports out again. Very interesting. <laughs> so, Paul London's still in the ring, Michael. Booker T makes his way out, uh, just because wrestling. Up next, it is Paul London versus Booker T. Uh, Booker T gets the victory with a fucking roll-up, uh, holding onto the ropes. So you need to cheat. You've gone from, in a year, just over a year, year and a bit, main eventing at WrestleMania, not main, main eventing for Raw at WrestleMania, to holding ropes to beat Paul London on SmackDown. In the opening match. <laughs> uh, second match. Opening match was Billy Kidman walked away, I'll have you know. Technically, yeah. Technically. <laughs> uh, Booker, he gets on the mic, uh, but London jumps in from behind uh, just about when he's getting, can you dig burn, you bastard? 
Um, they get separated, but London though comes off looking pretty solid. Like yeah, London, like... let's say London comes out of this feud, Kidman. It whoops Billy Kidman because Billy Kidman's he's on the downward now. Do you know what I mean? He's soon heading towards retirement and becoming a producer. No, Paul London he's starting to get there in the waist. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, That's probably why people don't want him shooting stuff. That's in a because he's a fat little chunk coming down on you now. Um, but if, yeah, if Paul London is successful. The Kidman comes out of that. Booker T, why not? Let's have a feud. When Booker beats Cena for US belt, Paul London's first one that has a go. Now that could be good. Um, the SmackDown throwback, uh, Mick Foley introduces the moment talking about the Rock and Sock connection. Um, this particular instance, it's when the Rock's delivering the promo, his sunglasses fall off. Mick Foley goes to the floor, picks him up, and the Rock's like, oh, cheers, pal. Oh, well, yeah, the Rock's not picking him up, is he? <laughs> uh, we go backstage, Billy Kidman is walking, and Teddy Long catches up with him. Uh, he's a bit pissed off. Um, he says, basically, you're going to wrestle Paul London at No Mercy, and if you do what Dave thinks you're going to do, and just come out and say, nah, not for me, you're going to get fired. Holla holla, player player. So there's no quitting at No Mercy. Because it's No Mercy. So we're not getting an I Quit match. <laughs> no, it should have been. It, it definitely should have been an I Quit It'd match. It'd have been an easy win for, for London. <laughs> Kimber just walks out like, nah, not doing this. Kimber just walks out, picks up the mic and goes, I quit. And just fogs out. That should be his new gimmick. Intentionally losing Billy Kidman. Got yes. to me. Got to me. Um, we go, we're still backstage. Uh, Dawn Marie, she's uh, getting dressed, Michael. I'm sure you were happy in schoolgirl attire for tonight's upcoming schoolgirl match. I like the attire. I didn't like the title. <laughs> I've never liked the title. The, the, Vince has got some weird fucking fetishes. Oh, well, yeah, he wanted to be the kayfabe father <laughs> of his grandchild. <laughs> Um, we're still backstage as Josh Matthews interviews Spike and Ray Ray together. Uh, Spike says he did what he had to do, but Ray says he'll stop at nothing to get the Cruiserweight title. Uh, Mysterio starts speaking Spanish, but then Kenzo Suzuki comes up from behind him and tells him that he's in America. He should speak English or you will be sorry, Haya. Uh, Ray responds by punching Kenzo and it's like, oh, what, we're building now to Ray and Spike versus Kenzo and Dupree? It's just a very weird spot. The tag titles on SmackDown are cursed if you're a heel. Look at the Dudleys. Lost the titles. Wearing pajamas. Spikes, bitches. <laughs> Kenny was towering over, over Ray. And he just decks him down with one punch. All it I've not seen Ray Mysterio, though. I reckon I could have a go. Especially now. Like, we're about to say my. <laughs> I reckon I'd still be quicker. I think you, you tower over him still. <laughs> Uh, we get the SmackDown throwback, Michael. Um, it's The Rock. He's making the coach dance to the Charleston on SmackDown after the 02 Royal Rumble. Um, it's like it's moments like this that you like. You wonder why coach like turned to the dark side and sided for Bischoff. Yeah, he got bullied hard. hard. He got bullied hard. Up next, then, is Cruiserweight title time. It is Spike Dudley with the Dudley Boys versus Rey Mysterio. Rey with the springboard. Uh, Spike ducks though, and then Rey hits the ref. Um, Spike takes Ray down, but Ray blocks the stomp and sends Spike into 619 position. Kenzo and Dupree, though, they run out the evil bastards. They attack Ray, they toss him back into the ring, and Spike covers him for the 1 2 3. So the Duds and the uh, Japanese American connection. Yeah. 2.0. Is, is that what it is? Hang on. We've had 2.0 when Jericho got the band back together on Raw. 
after the match, they carry on beating down, but then RVD comes out and makes the save. RVD's so lost currently, and he has been for a long time. He's always been one of the, we've mentioned it before, one of the bit part players in fatal four ways and tag matches, but he's never actually done anything for himself in what feels like years. Well, I don't think RVD ever actually has done anything big since Chamber, probably. Quite part in that. First one? Yeah, 2002. Yeah, definitely. And that's only rem- remembered because he nearly killed Triple H's neck. He was a forgettable secondary character in the Kane storyline. And now he's just been a forgettable character within the Let's Push John Cena storyline. Yeah. Including Rene Dupree, Booker T, his Rob Van Dam, and his big white van. Uh, another SmackDown throwback. Uh, it's Stephanie McMahon. She comes back. Uh, she says her favourite moment was when she slapped Linda. Uh, another one of her favourite moments when Kurt Angle kissed her backstage. Stephanie then says Kurt is the worst kisser in the world. If you ask Kurt that, he was told to be a bad kisser by your that, dad. That's, yeah, you better not. Who uh, was there watching? You're going to kiss my daughter, but it better not look good, Kurt. Oh, fucking bad. <laughs> During the break, we find out that Teddy Long has told Kenzo and Dupree that they're going to defend the tag titles against RVD and Rey Mysterio at the pay-per-view. Are RVD and Ray going to get a quick win? They've not held the belt. A, I can't remember them ever having a match since. Never mind defending them, having a match since they've been champions. <laughs> but do you reckon Ray and RVD are they going to put the straps straight away on a double R? Yeah, they're going to take the belt straight away. Team six one nine four twenty taking the titles. <laughs> we go to the announcers. Taz wants to talk about Adam Knight, but Michael Cole not in the slightest. He's like, I don't Paul kiss. Cole. I don't kiss and tell. Paul Cole though, Taz just keeps. Badgering him about his sexual assault from last week and show the children's footage of it again. Well, as like Paul Cole, why would you wouldn't want to see your own sexual assault on camera? <laughs> and as if by magic, like someone had wrote this down. Uh, we see Heidenreich in the back. Uh, Cole and Taz, they're afraid that he's coming to ringside, but then we see him enter Mr. McMahon's office. Well, he does like his big guys coming into his office. Uh, we get another SmackDown throwback, Michael, and it's one that we had about two weeks ago, and I bitched on it then, so I'm not going to bitch on it now. Brock Lesnar and Big Show smashing the ring up over a year, just about a year and a quarter ago with a suplex. Um, yeah, we see it again. Up next, Undertaker versus the Not So Ministry, as Viscera and Gangrel make their comebacks. Rest, first time wrestling on SmackDown in quite the while because it's the first time we've seen either of these men since we started watching. I'm, wa- I'm waiting for the New Age Outlaws to run in and the headbangers. <laughs> Where's the Mean Street Posse? But it was nice. Let's just uh, sidetrack. It was nice that Survivor Series to see the Goodwins. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so we're, we... All the old faces. So we're, we're recording this on Monday and we're a day removed from Survivor Series. Um, it, I was a little bit annoyed to sidetrack from um, Raw and Smackdown for two minutes. I was very much annoyed with how you could so definitely tell this was recorded at a couple of separate times. You had the, all the legends come out, even though like it was funny as fuck because Kane comes out in his gear and it's and like... everyone else is suited. Yeah, well, it's like someone backstage had convinced him that everyone were going to gear up. And they used an example, the Godwins as dungarees. Because the Godwins came out in normal street attire, but with the dungarees over the top. So I reckon someone backstage, maybe like, I don't know, Michaels and Flair have got together. And thought, we're going to fuck Kane over. So they've gone, Kane, Glenn, Glenn, come here, come here, come here. Um, do you, have you brought your gear, yeah? And he's like, oh yeah. Because uh, like, everyone's going out in their gear tonight. 
He's like, all right, cool, yeah, yeah, I'll mask up everything. He goes, look, Godwin's are even here. Remember Godwin's? I bet you don't, yeah. Remember Godwin's? Remember when you were a dentist? We had them pig farmers when you were a dentist. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. And they go, look, we've got that. They're coming out in their dungarees. He's like, sound, right, I'm convinced. So then everyone comes out in suits and street attire. And old big dead Glenn comes out fully ready to kick fuck out of someone. But then we go to the video package. And we come back, yeah, and we've just got plastic McMahon. Man, he's had some surgery. Vince McMahon's in the ring saying, oh, yeah, you're fired. And, uh, and then Undertaker comes out saying, oh, I'm never going to invest in place. I'll see you in Saudi Arabia. And then that's it. Goodbye. Thank you, Undertaker. It's been amazing. What a ride. I wanted to see, can you remember when Ric Flair retired? Yes. Right? And you had Triple H going, Everyone. I've been in the back of my fingers won't stop doing this and does the four horsemen and everyone comes out and it's brilliant. You see natural physical emotion from everybody. Everybody. This just felt like we're all coming out to say, oh yeah, yeah, yeah I'm Savio Vega, remember me? It was very strange. It was, it was lovely that they brought out all the legends. If only Taker would have come out, dropped the gimmick for five minutes. Or even come out, big entrance, pyro, boom, druids. Even bring him out in a casket and that. Casket opens. Urn comes out. Bearer's not there, but I don't know. Let's get someone else. We could, fucking Bruce. Or Hearst backs yeah. into the Bruce, arena. Yeah, right. There we go. Right, so Hearst backs into arena. Druids bring coffin. Bruce Brichard, as brother love, a million dollar man. They come out. They open casket. They find an urn. Urn gets Paul Bearer's voice going, Oh, yes! And then Undertaker's comes out. Yeah, where was where was uh, Brother Love? I've got no idea. No idea. But I know Ted DiBiase obviously wasn't there because um, he posted about 24 hours before that he was in the house and he wished he could have been there and all this stuff. So anyway, back onto SmackDown, Michael. Undertaker gets the win, of course. Tombstone power driver onto Gangrel gets him the victory. Um, it was like... That choke slam, or, well, choke drop, I would say, on Viscera. I swear Hogan jumped higher at judgment. Yeah. yeah, this was like, if I'm not getting a contract, I'm not putting it working. You pay me for tonight and that's it. I'm here, I'm in gear, I'm viscera. I ain't doing that. But it's, I like, I found it funny how he hit the tombstone on Gangrel because he can get fucked if he's lifting viscera. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Undertaker beats on both of them, sends a message to JBL saying two down, two to go. So uh, that means what? Orlando Jordan's on the list. Well, we'll have to see. We go backstage uh, to Vince sitting face-to-face with Heidenreich. Heidenreich compares himself to Vince, which Vince has a little bit uh, of trouble understanding. Um, Heidenreich, though, reads another poem. And, um, yeah, uh, Vince says, thank you. And Heidenreich fucks off. And then we cut to Tori Wilson walking out of her locker room. And she's still getting dressed. As a schoolgirl. But wouldn't she have got dressed in a locker room before she left the locker room? Well... She knew there was a camera there, but ooh. Maybe, maybe she's already got to get them followers. Yeah, she maybe she, she, she all for the gram, mate. It's all about the gram. Maybe she got us dressed in locker room, stripped off, and got back main camera with her. That's there. You go, Michael. You've sussed it. Um, so that leads to our schoolgirl match of Tori Wilson versus Dawn Marie. It doesn't go on too long until we get fabulous Moolah and Mae Young making their entrance in a bit more looking like Angus Young from ACDC <laughs> both of them um, a bit more fitting their schoolgirl attire uh, a bit more non-sexualised let's say very non-sexualised 
And that leads to our next match of Tony Wilson and Dawn Marie versus Fabula Moolah and Mae Young. Uh, Mae Young gets the victory after Mae Moolah shoved Dawn Marie over. Uh, it's one of them where we, we bring out the old fossils of Young and Moolah and they get the victory. It's not as funny as when they were doing the Dudley boys back in the day, but it, get, it still gets a pop. It's not uh, Mark Henry in the hand level of funny. No, but it, it's still... That was fucking hilarious. Absolutely, absolutely. But that was just a different time. I, was, I did find it funny. I That's what I mean. It gets, it gets hu- this humour in getting the old uh, fossils back out for one last go. I thought Jimmy was perfect here. Jimmy Corderas. When he gets grabbed by both, on the arse by both me and by Dawn. He's confused as hell when May does it, but he's alright when Dawn does it. <laughs> That's it. We get another Smackdown throwback, as this time it's Steve Austin's uh, t- turn to tell you his proudest moment. And this is when the Smackdown guys went over to Iraq for the Christmas in Iraq, which we looked at back in, yeah, back in the end of 2003. Um, Austin and Vince, they said they had a lot of fun over there. Very entertaining for the crowd, and with Austin dressed as Santa. And Michael, guess who's in the audience? Arizona's own superstar Billy Graham. He was there on Monday, he's definitely there on Tuesday. Slash, well, not live on Thursday. We're we, we definitely, we definitely live, we promise you. Um, John Cena, he comes out, he, he cuts one of his raps. This time it's about Rock, Austin, Booker, Vince himself, Smackdown. Um, he does it all from the top of a truck. Um, it was, I have an issue now with Cena's raps, and I've said this for a few times with Cena. Um, Fear Cena's shit. Yeah. It's not offensive, it's funny. and it's But it's not funny, it's funny. Like, oh, yeah. It's, like, it's, it's not, funny for a 12 year old I absolutely imagine that if I would have been like there's a reason why I walked around telling people to suck it there's a reason why I've learned how to lift an eyebrow like the rock I was 13 at 14 15 yep. it was perfect time it was I, about, was, I was 15 this time you're the market bro <laughs> I was and I was a mark did you do were you walking around telling people you can't see you that you can't see me, pal. Of course. <laughs> uh, we go backstage. Kurt Angle is whinging about not being asked for his SmackDown memories, uh, despite his status as SmackDown's MVP for the past five years. Um, he then goes off onto a rant about the Big Show. Uh, he says, though, tonight I'll provide a SmackDown moment that will be remembered forever. Technically, he is true because I do remember what happens. I can't, it was weird. I get. I'll speak on about it in a bit more detail in yeah. a bit. Um, but yeah, I, I remember it happening the second that it, it came out with it. I was like, oh shit, yeah. But I completely oh, it's forgot. This bit. Yeah, yeah. It's another one. Is that remember like the Regal promo from two episodes ago, mm. where it was the Regal with Triple H? I was like, oh, it's this promo. I was like, oh, this is that one where they shoot Big Show like he's a big fucking mountain goat. Spoiler alert, people. <laughs> um, we get another SmackDown throwback. Um, Hollywood Hogan this time. It's his favourite SmackDown moment. And he says when he won the tag titles with Edge, which was fucking great. Um, Hogan talks about the patronism and Edge is the future of the industry. Um, I, I, yeah, I'd have to side with Hogan. Edge is one of the future of the industry in 2004. Hell yeah, he is. Hogan knows his shit. He couldn't, but he knows his shit. Well, you, you, you spend about 80 years in wrestling business at this point, you know. <laughs> Because well, he was in his, he must have been in his, but his fifties when he's first WrestleMania. Oh, oh yeah, oh, I don't know about his first WrestleMania. I can guarantee though, it was like in his nineties when he had that match with Sting in TNA. 
where they, where, where they both bled to fuck and that. And they went, White shirt and blue yeah. jeans. Was then a Ric Flair come out and saved the day or something like that? It just looks like Rumble Hulk Hogan too much. TNA. Up next, Michael, main event time is Kurt Angle and his big dog versus Eddie Guerrero and his big dog. And I noticed how uh, Angle and Luther come out together, but they no way Eddie's going to let Big Show in his car. The hydraulics would be shot. And but I loved Eddie's new Tabasco-style shirt. That You know, like Tabasco hot sauce. I loved his new shirt just because I love Tabasco hot sauce. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie has had some very good shirts. Mm. Very good shirts, like the uh, the Godfather. Yeah, the Scar not Godfather, got Scarface one. Sorry, yeah, that's a brilliant shirt, brilliant shirt. Um, so then towards the end of the match, uh, we get a side slam onto Angle from Show. Eddie climbs to the top. Uh, Show tags him. Eddie climbs onto Big Show, just like how I said they should have come out. Super frog splash. One two. No, Mark Jindrak of all people. The reflection of imperfection comes out to make the What's detail. What's that basket case doing out here? <laughs> hey, didn't. Um, after the match, Big Show he attacks Jindrak, but the Big Dog and Kurt Angle they get the advantage. Eddie's on the outside. It all ends with Angle entering the ring and shooting Big Show with a tranquilizer dart. This is but this is what happens if you shoot a teddy bear with a dart, single dart. <laughs> if you're going to shoot a, an actual bear with a single dart, run the fuck away because <laughs> it ain't gonna act like Big Show. Big Show, he tries to fight off the effects, but to no avail as Kurt Angle brings in some air clippers. And that is some big air. That is some... We mentioned this when he made his return. He needs a haircut. That is some... Do you know what? We should have thought then. Yeah, I should have realised. Because as soon as he brought that case out with gun in it, as soon as Jim Jack ran out, I knew that this was that segment. Absolutely. Uh, and I loved how it ended with Kurt holding Show's face with his boys around him. Smackdown's evolution. Um, with uh, to Take a picture and Big Show. Uh, uh, uh. Right, brilliant. Brilliant. The ref. Oh, Wait a minute. Oh, It's Mark Chit. I have no idea. And look at the oh, range now. Look at this, Cole. And there's that oh, my God. God. Outside the ring. Kurt Angle's right. There you go. Oh, 
Show destroying Jinrak and Luther Reigns. Kurt Angle, how is it? He's doing, but Big Show's got Jinrak by the throat. Sure does. Oh my! Oh, oh, oh my God! God. Angle just—that's a—that's a tranquilizer dart. Ready oh. to the back to the Big Show. He tricked. He just tricked. What, what? The Big Show's faltering. Big Show. I never saw nothing like this. Oh, oh. Kurt Angle just with a tranquilizer. Just shot. Big Show's fading away. Big Show trying to gain his balance here, but... I can't believe what the hell... Kurt Angle... Kurt Angle... It's a dog sticking out of the man's back. You can see a in the high seat He came over this desk here, Kurt Angle. He got a and he pulled this box out. Big Show and Big Show is fading. Well, it's a trick. Oh, oh Big Show! Maybe it wasn't enough for that trick. Well, maybe not. Oh, my God! Well, they pay for it Kurt here. Was in trouble. It looks like that tranquilizing dart is taking effect for sure. Oh, Big Show down to one knee. It's sticking out of the man's spine. His back. Michael, that was SmackDown. How many Mavens? I actually give that a three Maven. I give that a three Maven purely for the ending. Yeah, I remember the ending. A proper. Like the SmackDown down for me. <laughs> SmackDown I down. I hate the nostalgia shows. So all this. I remember this happening. I remember that happening. I remember this happening. I hate the nostalgia shows. Just give me more you, of what the current TP people can do. Do you know when you, now you say that? Now you say that. My ratings dropped. We're going just like we've gone so far. Two and a half. It would have been a free. But I'd, the in-ring quality and the matches and the storytelling, uh, that's kind of won me over and we've got proper dramatic sports entertainment bullshit with Big Show getting shot with a dart. It uh, was a raw episode on SmackDown. Very much so. Like, not only 30 minutes ago were you mentioning about how SmackDown is the wrestling show and Raw's the soap opera show. And SmackDown, is it keeps creeping. It does it all the time. It, it did it with JBL and Eddie Guerrero when his mum had heart attack. And yeah. It keeps doing it. If she does, she does. <laughs> um, in a terrible segue, because I've, I've got nothing else to fill in this gap between the end of SmackDown and Raw, apart from this one news article, Michael. So in a terrible segue, Ray Trailer, best known to wrestling fans as Big Boss Man during the WWF days, has died from unknown causes in his home last night. Uh, Trailer's wife found her husband not breathing and immediately called the paramedics. However, they were unable to revive him. The official cause of death has yet to be unknown. Uh, Taylor died at the age of 42. So you're a cunt for making me say that after what you just said. <laughs> but yeah, Big Boss Man. What a fucking guy. What a guy. Like One of my first wrestling figures with Big Boss Man. Like, I always remember, because my first introduction with Big Boss Man was like the early 90s. So like I, I always say, one of the first pay-per-views I ever watched on V, well the first one I ever owned on VHS was Royal Rumble 1990, and he had a match with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Now, unbeknown to me at that time, because this was currently like from maybe 92, 93, um, it was already gone then. It, you know I mean, it, were, it were now it, back in WCW as Big Bubba and, and and the Boss and all the, the names he went through. Um, but I always remember watching or finding getting the VHS for Survivor Series. 88 or yeah maybe 88 when he's on team hogan 
and then I see uh, I see the Rumble. I want to say Rumble the year before, or maybe one of the WrestleMania year before, when he's teaming with Akeem as the Twin Towers. And I'm like, who's this big fat big boss man? <laughs> because then he th- then he comes back like in '98 as this yes. le- lean what? mean fucking SWAT killing machine. And as the run with B squared and that as that tag team Shield point five. Um, yeah, big boss man, fucking legend, and R.I.P. And you're Very a cunt. So. You're a cunt for making me bring that up after you said if he dies, he dies. I said she. <laughs> I don't give a fuck which je- which fucking gender. You still made me have to talk about big boss man Dean after you said if he dies, he dies. <laughs> Michael, are you ready for the next episode of Monday Night Raw as we lead towards Taboo Tuesday? I'm ready. It's the 27th of September. We are live from Kansas. Um, we get a, a brief photo for the Big Boss Man as starts the show, which is always a nice touch. Always fair play to WWE, even though if you've wronged mm. WWE, or no matter what terms you're on with WWE, they'll always take time to... They don't have to. I know it's only sometimes it's only a second or two clip of uh, one picture with it's black and white and RIP and in memory or this episode's dedicated to, but at least they do it. Exactly. I mean- they did it for Shad this year as well. well they, they've done it for many, haven't they? Like they've done it for many, many, many over the years. Uh, I, I remember when uh, Rosie passed away. They did it for him. When Omaga passed away, they did it for him. So, yeah, they always... Because it's, 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 it's... The thing is, when anybody... When any human being passes away, it's sad. No matter what instance. Because it's a life that's leaving the earth. Unless it's some fucking pedo that's topped himself or been killed or whatever, then fair, fair fucks. Oh, Yorkshire Ripper, he died. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But when younger wrestlers are dying in their 30s and 40s, it's sad. It really is sad. And it's nice that WWE do pay their respects sometimes in their very minimalistic ways, but at least they're paying their respects. Better than nothing. Absolutely. Eric Bischoff, he's already in the ring. And we find out at Taboo Tuesday, Hunter Hearst Helms' opponents will either be, and it's one of them, testing the audience, which is straight away makes me think, the voting's not real. Because Vince does this all the time. Test the audience to gauge their reactions. So we get Shawn Michaels, big cheers. Chris Benoit, medium cheers. Edge, loads of booze. And then conveniently placed last, because it's the last name you'll remember, Randy Orton, massive cheers. But Orton has to beat Batista in a no DQ match yes. to qualify. We find that out from Bischoff or he's off. Uh, Triple H, he interrupts though and says the fans don't control his fate. Um, he takes a few shots at the fans in the front row. Um, he says he'll walk out champion. But in the spirit of Taboo Tuesday, he's giving us even more choices. You can go and screw yourself. You can rot in hell. You can try and get a life. Or you can roll yourselves up in a tight ball. And, but, Big Shelton Benjamin, Big Sexy Shelts comes out. And he says, I've got some choices of my own. He says, you can quit whining. Quit complaining and quit crying. And he said, well, let's get it on. I just loved his line where he said, please cut out all the crying because there ain't enough Kleenex in Kansas City to cover that nose. But why is Shelton never... That's two great lines he's had now since he came to Raw. What, put up or shut up? Well, if you're not going to put up, try shutting up. Or try getting up. If you're not going to shut up, try getting up. Fucking bullshit line, that's what that was. I liked it, mate. (laughs) 
It was a great line, let's be fair. It was a great line. Um, Schultz, um, he does his finger splash uh, and clotheslines Triple H over the top. Uh, Benjamin, though, goes after him and Triple H smashes him in the face with big gold for the DQ. Uh, after the match, he gives Benjamin the pedigree on the floor. That's it. Goodbye, Benjamin. Get out of my life. But that's still a victory against the game for Shelton. Shelton has more wins over Triple H than Triple H has over Shelton Benjamin. Is point. that not three? Is that three holes? Three. Now? Wow. There's not many. There you is... know how many times Triple H has beaten Shelton one-on-one so far? Absolutely fucking none. Exactly. There's not many. Even now in 2020, there's not many that can say they've held three consecutive victories over the game. I mean, who else can say that, really? Uh, Michael, we get some more Simon system. Chances are, if you're like the millions of Americans who are watching me right now, you're overweight. In fact, you're probably wearing dark, bulky clothing, or even worse, hanging around people who are even fatter than you just to hide your own embarrassing girth. Well, I've got great news because my name is Simon Dean and I'm here to help you. With my patented Simon system, I'll help you shed those unwanted pounds and make you a success in life. These are real photos of real people who have benefited from the Simon system. They've transformed themselves from fat, pathetic losers into lean, dean fitness machines. And now you can be one too. I know what you're thinking. What a great deal. But it doesn't end there, my friends. Oh, no. Because if you act now, you'll also receive the Lean Dean Body Cream, my delicious Simon Dean Fitno Powder, and my patented Simon Vitamins. You'll get all three at no extra charge. Why do I remember this being shittier than the promos are making me believe it was? <laughs> I know, I'm quite excited. I'm enjoying these little vignettes. I, I, hope it, I, hope I believe in you, even I, though I don't like you. It's like a healthcare dealer. <laughs> I, mean, I like you, you've got promise. Here, have some of my vitamins. It's like DDP yoga, but if Vince ran it. <laughs> up next, Hurricane and Rosie, your resident superheroes, going up against Rhino and Tajiri. Uh, finishing the match, Rosie squashes Tajiri with the twisting side slam. Uh, sort of standard stuff, but it's kind of... It's simmering towards something with the hurricane, I feel. Yeah, it has to. I mean, you can't just keep having these two team up with not and not go anywhere. There's got to be tag team dissension somewhere along the way. There has to be. There has it's to be. In 2004. <laughs> there has to be some TDD. Uh, we're going to recap of the Kane baby angle from last week. We go to Kane. He says there's still no words to describe the situation but he promises to avenge the death of his unborn son. Tonight, he will kill Gene Snitsky. I can't wait for the baby kick. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing in the story I'm looking forward to. I, See, I... Gene Snitsky, boot, <laughs> a baby doll. Halfway across an arena. <laughs> Fucking wrestling. We see Snitsky delivers another unconvincing apology. As we go to our next match, it is Big Gene versus Uncle Val. Uh, pump handle slam finishes Uncle Val. Proper generic jobber finishing move. Um, do you know like if this yeah. was 1985, 
1990, Snitsky would be so... World title would be on him soon. Yeah, Uncle Val got far too much offence here. And what in the horseshoe fucking move was that finisher? Big job of finishing move. Nah, pump handle slam is what Test used to do. Now, <laughs> that was a pump handle slam. This was... This was worse than the Strowman power slam. Oh, the Strowman power slam is so job of finish. Such a job of finish. It's, it's like when a big man uses a choke slam. Yeah, it's, it's, such a, it's such a generic job of finish. And Uncle Val got far too much <laughs> offence here. Snitsky should have fucking been able to batter. batter Dude, but are, are we pushing Snitsky as the next big thing or are we just pushing him as a 50-50 potential baby killer? Well, sure, they should be booking him. As a, as a credible challenge for Kane. As a killer. Up next, Ric Flair, he comes out and he's pissed off with Randy Orton. He's pissed off with the fact that Randy Orton's calling himself the legend killer. He reels off numerous names of legends, some that Randy's fought, some that he hadn't. Uh, he says that if he wants to become the true legend killer, he's going to have to go through him. Uh, Orton, he accepts the proposition. Um, he praises Ric Flair, though, calling him a true legend, calling him the man. He says that Flair is full of it, though, when he calls on uh, the best wrestler alive. Orton begs Flair not to be a lapdog no more. He tells Flair to think about what he said and just... just, just what, you're Ric Flair, man. Ric Flair. And you're following Triple H. What's wrong with you? I love how he says the only person who can save your legacy is you. That's and it. Like he takes crap from no one. But I do have an objection to what Flair said at the start. Okay. Flair tells Orton, the day he won the title, he became great. And says that if you're a world champ, you're great. Yeah, he's not I great. Think anyone who had to sit through the fucking great Carly's championship <laughs> reign would happily disagree. Yeah. But you can tell Flair pulled for this story we all here. Like, I want to be part of this kid's highlight, brother. Woo! Um, up next then, Shawn Michaels and Y2J versus Christian and Tonko. Uh, Did we get this? We got this. Told you we were going to get it. The boy could dream comes true once again for Jericho, <laughs> teaming with his childhood hero. <laughs> uh, Tonko misses a big boot and takes switching music Christian though sneaks in Schoolboys Michaels grabs the ropes one two three um, a nice finishing sequence it makes the CLB look like a CLB again uh, mm. he's just a little fucker in it he's that little cunt that you, uh, you you love to hate Christian as a heel but apart from the finish wasn't that just the same match absolutely carbon copy because even my notes throughout the match uh, all I swear down they're exactly the same so I was rereading the notes. I was like, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure we've covered this. Did I just have I just copy and pasted? <laughs> no, WWE did. <laughs> um, we go backstage to William Regal, uh, and he's assembled a group of volunteers to demonstrate the different stipulations that we could vote for with Eugene and Eric Bischoff. Um, so we have a guy dressed as a butler, a guy wearing a dress, or a guy that's ready to get his hair cut. I bet uh, that's the plan. A hundred percent. Bischoff interrupts and says it won't matter because Eugene's not going to win. Uh, he takes out the third guy, which potentially, like I said, could be a plant. We have a karate kick, which makes me think, yeah, quite the plan. I did like Regal's uh, comments there. When the guy dresses a butler, says he'd be a better butler than Uncle Eric. Regal disagrees because he knows what it's like to cleave after Eugene. <laughs> the one in the dress... Says he, look, he looks better than Uncle Eric would. But Regal says he reminds him of a young girl from Blackpool. <laughs> <laughs> we, 
we find out, Michael, that next week in Madison Square Garden, we're going to get Shawn Michaels versus Christian. At, what, is, what an arena for that. It should be an amazing match. As Trish Stratus, Gail Kim and Molly Holly come out for the Diva Initiation Party. Trish, she says that Christy slept her way onto the show and that leads into our next contest, which is a three-on-one handicap bra and panties match. Trish, Gail, Molly versus Christy. Michael, take it away. So Molly and Gail hold Christy whilst Trish rips a skirt off and then rips the top off. Bell rings. The heels, they make their exit. And Christy, she's hurt her boobs. So she's rubbing her boobs. And then, but the fans are loving seeing her in just a brown panties. So she comes around to the idea of just being in a brown pants. So she's comfortable in just her undies and she starts dancing. How she's doing all the running around and dancing in those heels is a mystery. You know, the crowd were really into Christy in her undies. And as Jimmy Pop from Blood Gang would say, hooray for boobies. <laughs> I like how she got this newfound confidence that, yeah, I, yeah, I like bra and panties. Like, this should be a new gimmick now for Christy Emmy. She just comes out in a knickers and a bra every single week. Yep. <laughs> Five mavens for Christy Emmy. It'd be Teddy Fit Maria. <laughs> uh, we go backstage and we see Ric Flair seeming deep in thought. Um, he's probably thinking about what he's just seen about Christy Emmy in a bra and panties. He's like, I'll be out when I'm ready. <laughs> uh, Batista asked him, are you ready? He's in silence. Uh, Flair says, I don't answer though to Triple H and I don't answer to you, Batista. Uh, ew, double cross. Is that what it's? But didn't we just have this a couple of months before when he were going to team with Michaels and we got the double cross? Or when, it, was it September 2002 when Bischoff awarded Alan the title? And everyone backstage was like, you're Ric Flair, you should, you should be wanting that title. Yeah, you, you go for it, go for it, double cross. They fucking love bringing out the Ric Flair double cross angle. Um, Ever the... since fucking Black Scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. I always like the... Wait, was uh, the that old... before or after the tag match with Arden Tully? Was it Arden Tully? Against mm. Flair and Sting? Where Sting tags Flair in. Flair does his sort of Oh, the double turn. Uh, probably oh, yeah, after. After that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, ever since, ever since that, that's just been Flair's, one of his sticks. That's his, that's his go-to. He's I'll double cross if you I'll do it. Woo! So the match boils down to, as you'd imagine, double cross from Ric Flair. He comes out, kicks Orton into his bollocks. After he pulled the chair away from Batista, he's like, oh, are we going to get it? Nope. Kick into the bollocks from, to Randy Orton. Beat down. Randy Orton loses after the big Batista bomb. Uh, so, Taboo Tuesday options for Triple H is now down to three. Orton well, is certainly be beginning to build. Hey, hey, momentum. look at this. So much for momentum. Here comes the champ. Orton distracted just that one split second and looking at Triple H and he paid for it there. Batista trying to go for the kill. But he's power slammed. The power to the B. Oh, Triple H in. But this is no disqualification. Yes, it's no disqualification. Conveniently enough. And you call this fair? The match Are you condoning this? This is Batista. Wait a minute. And Orange kicking Triple H's ass right here. Isn't 
that will to win you're talking about, Jay? Damn right it is. Orton now, hammering the game. No disqualification thanks to Uncle Eric Bouchard. It's all about winning the world title for Orton. And let's get the opportunity to DDT covering. Cover Matteo. Triple H back in. There you go. The damn handicap man. Well, turnabout's fair play. Oh, turnabout my ass. There's no turnabout here. This is a Triple H and a... He got himself disqualified earlier tonight when he's about to lose his self-vision. And the game is now the taboo Tuesday pressure. This is legal. This is legal. No disqualification. Get back, referee. You don't even need to be in the ring. Except to count Randy Orton. That it may be legal, but it's not right. And here comes Rick Blair. So? Cases of Ken Shamrocks. <laughs> he's, he's challenging for the Impact World Title soon, you know. <laughs> oh, it's Ken Shamrock. Yeah. Fuck off. Yep. Wow. Ken Shamrock, Impact Wrestling <laughs> Hall of Famer. Well, well, to be right, right. Let's be fair, folks. WWE do it all the time. Exactly. They bring somebody back for all of them. They instantly push him towards Moon Sting. If Sting wouldn't have got injured by Rollins, you guarantee they would have put World Title on him. Oh, thousand percent. I'm definitely. This is this is this week's weekly impact review from Michael. I told you we'll find time every episode. There you go. Ken Shamrock's a beast in TNA 2020. Moving on, Michael. How many mavens for our final stop of Monday Night Raw on this three week block as we approach Taboo Tuesday? I give that a three maven. It would again. Oof. It was a decent episode of Raw. I'm just this. It's just been a. Straight three maven for Raw this run, for me. I do th- I do think though they should have saved Orton versus Batista for pay per view. I mean technically it's brother versus brother. If you think about it. There you go. The rights close as the rights to evolution on a pole. But with the finish being what it was, I guess that means oh it's Orton versus Flair, Taboo Tuesday. There you go, Taboo Tuesday. Um, another two and a half yeah we're, we're bang average bang average it's, it was a, it's a weird one because I found this week's this week's this month's did I say months this three weeks <laughs> um, Raw and Smackdown I found it an easy watch but 
nothing got me far t- Smackdown have certainly not done their job again like every brand does when it's their pay-per-view I'm not very excited about No Mercy especially when you bring it back Gangrel and Vicia, Viscera to fucking promote it speaking of Smackdown then are you ready for the go home show uh, I'm ready for a good time it is the 30th of September so Angle opens the show coming out looking like a member of Evolution um, he speaks about and he makes perfect sense he says, those that get picked on by bullies, when they stand up for the bully, they should be applauded and appreciated. Hell yeah. 100%. 100%. He brings out the boys, Mark Horton and Lufa Batista. Uh, he thanks them for their help. All they need now is little Mitch to turn heel and manage him. And we've got proper Smackdown's version of Evolution. That would be great. They could have someone else instead of little Mitch. Oh! There's no like... There's no little blonde fellas on SmackDown. Not to be blonde. Of course he does. Teddy Long. No. No, then it's just a new version of fucking and bugging. Spike. And the duds join as well. And they're all suited and booted. And Spike's, yes. run, Spike's running it. <laughs> Teddy Long, though, he comes out, Michael. He interrupts. Uh, and he tells that if anyone interferes in Kurt Angle versus Big Show at No Mercy, they are going to be fired. Holler, holler, holler. And he also says that the match is happening because Big Show tried to kill Kurt and then Kurt shot Big Show so now they're all tied up. I guess that does kind of make sense. Yeah, it's the rubber match. Eye for an eye, <laughs> kind of thing. That's it. It's the rubber match. They've both got a victory on each other. One by me 20 feet down. Yeah, one by, one by uh, attempted murder, one by shot like an animal. So you've got to have that rubber match. Opening contest then. Dudley Boys versus Charlie House and You Look Good To Me with Miss Jackie. Uh, Domini, she joins the commentary team to let us know that Charlie House and Miss Jackie have got engaged. And, and that how does she know that? Because she's, oh, read it, she's read it on the dirt sheets. Because the day before the Smackdown, it was announced on PW Insider that the real life relationship that has been going on for some time has now took that next step as Miss Jackie and Charlie House are going to get married. Congratulations to them both. Fair fucking fucks to Charlie Ass. He's pulled him center fucking Well fucking He's gone his center 10 there. Telling you now. And I like how Hass even gives her a kiss on the stomach as he enters the ring. That's it. Now it's a, like everyone knows they're together. But then she's like, she even says on commentary that she's also banging Hass. Because Mr. So Loverman. The, the jobber of Team Angle, technically, he was the jobber of Team Angle. He was the jobber of Team Angle. Technically, he is banging both Dormarie and Jackie Gaynor. That probably means he's got a chance at having a pop on Tory Wilson and all. But that guy's getting banged both Dormarie and Jackie Gaynor. It's only v- I it's can't not- even get a text back. <laughs> it's not It's not real, Michael. Well, it is. He's banging Jackie Gaynor. Right, that's real. <laughs> so the finish of the match then, uh, Haas, he falls victim to the 3D. Um, it was one of the matches that was overshadowed. Raw do it sometimes when Stacey Keebler's at ringside. It was mm. overshadowed by boobs and flesh. Yeah, there was a lot of boobs and flesh, I noticed. And a lot of... Dudley's were not impressed by Rico's homoeroticness. <laughs> Nobody is. The modern-day gold dust. He only eats that 3D because uh, Rico's too busy trying to break up the cat fight. Because now we've got to have Hollyoaks on SmackDown with <laughs> Love Triangle with Dawn, Jackie and Haas. Is that what it's going to be then? A Love Triangle? If he plays his cards right. 
Um, we go to the ring. We go to ringside with Cole and Taz, but they're interrupted by Cole's boyfriend standing on top of the SmackDown fist, which I thought was brilliant. First time I've ever known anyone to stand on top of the fist. Oh, I used to do it all the time and shut your mouth. <laughs> Just run to the left side at fist. You can your character climbs up. Well, Heyman, he tries to talk him down. Um, all he wants to do though is read a poem, and apparently love has screwed him over, and now he has to destroy the world. So. Just like Michael Cole, what have you done? Just like you, Michael, you can't get a text back. Heidenreich, I can't get a text back from Michael Cole. <laughs> they were they were like what are they about forty feet away from each other right now? Can't get a text back now. Can't get it. It won't open his Snapchat. That's what that's the problem. Oh, that's what I need to start doing. <laughs> Uh, we see a classic proper old school Undertaker promo for, on JBL. It was like something you'd see from like Royal Rumble 94 with Yoko mm. and that. Proper dirty old school Taker promo. Uh, JBL's freaked out and he tells Josh Matthews that Taker though, he's never beaten him. So he's got an ounce of confidence. But then all of a sudden out of nowhere, big flying Furman comes in, jumps JBL, shuts him up. Um, and then we get a straight to a recap of Booker T, Paul London and... Leading on what I thought they might hold on till he's already fought Kidman, it's up next, Michael, Booker T versus Paul London. Again, after VT exclusive from last week, where London asked Billy if he's a quitter. But it was a it was an okay match. Um, it, was, it was just a build for Kidman and London more than anything. Booker's just a third the secondary character here. <laughs> Booker's the third wheel in the yeah. Kidman and London. The US champion. Line. Is the third wheel. But at least he won. Like, getting getting yeah. the victory with the axe kick, at least it weren't a roll-up or anything like that. At least he got his finisher. So he showed he were... You, you've definitely got a class there between the, the dominant mid-carder and the cruiserweight. And then you think after the match, Kidman stops Booker hitting him with a chair. But then... Oh, no. No. TTD Tag Team Ascension, ladies and gentlemen. Big, fat, fucking mid-carder. There's Billy Kidman. He batters Paul London with the chair, so yes, tag team dissension. It's game on, it seems, for no mercy. And then, remember, Carlito is still coming. Next week, next Michael. Week. Next week, he's going to debut. I'm Just hoping, in case you forgot, because they haven't played a big net for a couple of weeks. I'm hoping, right, because things come in threes, yeah? They advertised Big Show, and he came back earlier than advertised. They advertised Benjamin. He came back a week earlier than advertised. They've now advertised... Carlito, is he going to turn up at No Mercy with Jesus and stab John Cena? No, Jesus comes after he debuts. <laughs> he debuts and then he finds Jesus. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Turns to the dark side. Up next, Michael. Non-title. John Bradshaw Layfield versus Thurman Hardcore Bob Holly. Imagine. Both of these two. 97. Lower mid-card. 2004. Main eventers. <laughs> Not just main eventing. Not well, Both wrestled pay-per-views for the WWE title. Semi-main <laughs> eventing. But not only that, Bob Holly has also now become a graduate of the Ric Flair School of Blading, it seems. Yes. <laughs> Off the steel steps, Bob Holly pissing blood. Yeah, you going into this, there's going to be a lot of stiff shots. Uh, even the one... The clothesline that sends JBL over the top to the outside. That one said, you're going out fucking side. Oh, it was a potato fest. It was an absolute oh, potato fest. 
but that's the what you're gonna, you're gonna get from backstage. yeah that's exactly they're just being cunts on each other um, so the finish Bradshaw obviously gets the victory clothesline from hell sends a message to the Undertaker um, Undertaker though he does one better by lowering a crucified orgy from the rafters dead or alive I fear no man and no mercy I will <laughs> With four, Gangrel, Visceral, and now Orlando. Like uh, drugged up Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> a holy white wedding, Undertaker and OJ. <laughs> hey, uh, that's for OJ's biggest dream. <laughs> uh, up next, uh, Nunzio uh, with Johnny Stamboli versus Spike with the Dudleys. Um, Nunzio, though, gets the fucking fluke victory uh, with the crucifix. Um, so I guess we're going to lead to Nunzio versus Spike. Uh, no mercy for the title. Nunzio going to be your next cruiserweight champion. I could have that. I right. love it. I love the Nunzio character. I think. I think if book like booked in in ECW back in the day, the full blooded Italians were right set of cunts. Oh yeah. A right set of cunts. Go back a year, probably eighteen months. The feud with Undertaker. They're right set of dodgy bastards. But they're just. It's more seen as slapstick mafia than serious mafia. Well, when Charles Robinson towers over both competitors in this match. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nunzio, he's not a big lad. He's, but that's, that's why, why he's like, got Johnny. Yeah, well, well, back in the day, like with Big Sal and that, he, used to, he always stuck himself around big fellas because he's not biggest lad. Oh, if you're not the biggest lad, I'm a big friend. Um, we see a shaven-headed Big Show and he promises, uh, no mercy, there will be no mercy for Kurt Angle, I fucking hate when they. I wonder where he got that catchphrase. No from. mercy from uh, Prince Albert from last year from A Train. He was on commentary and he said, "I'm going to do no mercy and no mercy." So we get uh, some information about the upcoming tough enough that the winner will get one million dollars. Wowzers! Uh, did you recognise a couple of these uh, characters on here? So we had a gentleman called Drew Henkinson, aka Gallows. Doc Gallows. Yeah. And another chap called Brian Kelly, the future Byron Saxton. Yeah, I that's don't you know, being on that's this. who I thought it fucking was. I don't that's, remember him being here. No, I only remember Byron Saxton being on early fucking Big, Bro Big Brother NXT. Yeah, reality yeah. TV bullshit. It Byron. took him that long to get 
up to made Buster. That long. That's what when was that? Like 2009, 10 when he was on NXT? 12, I think. Fucking hell. And now look at him. third or fourth. Yeah, but now look at him. He's looking down on all them tough enough and NXT jobbers going, look at me. I'm a commentator on Monday Night Raw. Fucking yeah. Fuck you. And that's how I would be. 100%. True. He's not True. made it as a ring star, but he's made it as a WWE. He's made it WWE. Yeah, he's made it in the WWE. Simple as. He, like, There's been so many uh, chops and changes when it comes to commentary team, and he's still there. He's fucking Vince loves him. Up next, Michael, your main event. It is Mark Batista versus Luther Orton versus Eddie Guerrero and his mystery partner. And Did you what... notice the match graphic for Vacant looks a lot like a certain um, j- 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 big lad, Matt Morgan. <laughs> it was his graphic. But no, it is the master of the weed, Rob Van Damme. Which, if you need a guy for a tag team partner, who do you call on? You call on RVD. And Definitely not Matt Morgan. We got uh, triple verticals onto Jindrak. Front splash from Eddie. One, two, three. But Ed- Vince makes the save. The referee gets tied up with Rob Van Dam. It allows Luther to deliver the, the reverse DDT thing he does. Uh, Jindrak rolls over um, onto cover for Guerrero for a free count. Vince uh, and Jindrak, they look very much out of their element. Very much out of their element. I know... Like I know they're with they're with one of the best in Eddie Guerrero and one of it's not the best but that category below in Rob Van Dam. But my god they look so bad. You sound surprised. I think uh, due to Eddie's outburst with Kurt last week, he's probably thought you know, the Kurt's boys fuck him. I'll make him look bad. Yeah, but no, they make themselves look bad. They don't need oh, any I'll help. Not, oh, I'll, <laughs> I'll not help and milk. I'll not help and make them any better. <laughs> so, Michael, that was Smack Up and Down, the Go Home Show for No Mercy. I want to know, on a scale of one maven to five mavens, how excited you are for No Mercy. I want to know what? how many mavens, <laughs> just one, <laughs> how many mavens for this episode of SmackDown? Uh, two and a half. How many Mavens overall for Raw and SmackDown in these three weeks? Uh, so the maths would say that's an average of three. And this is a new one I'm bringing in. Fluff Watch, Maven Watch, Wig Watch. We've had a, many of them. Superstar Watch. Who was the superstar to watch out for in these three weeks of Raw and SmackDown? Well, I think I would have to say Shelton or made of it maven because he got a victory because <laughs> he got a win he's not that? lost on this build so shelton from a non-biased ra era podcast opinion mm-hmm. shelton benjamin because shelton is looking strong another victory over triple h yeah, in certain circumstances and he received a pedigree but ignore that he's looking strong he's the guy that's making saves and stuff he's looking well but from an ra era perspective main event maven back in the main event yeah so michael before we end do you want to know what is going to happen then at No Mercy 2004 in your Sunday Night Heat match? Scotty Too Hotty goes up against Mark Batista. I thought it was Orton Jindrak. I keep changing it. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Um, Eddie Guerrero goes up against Luther Orton with Mark Orton at ringside. For the Cruiserweight title, Spike Dudley with the Duds 
versus Nunzio with the FBI. Come on, Nunzio. Grudge match. Kidman, London. I quit. Tag titles. Kenzo, Renee versus Mysterio and Dam. We've got to have new chunks, right? Because they've done fuck all. <laughs> Rubber match. Big show. Kurt Angle. You threw me off the, off the fucking ledge. You shot me in the back. You shaved me head. Two, two. Winner takes all. John Cena, Booker T for the United States Championship. Should be match of the night. Mixed tag action. Charlie Haas, Miss Jackie, Rico versus Don Marie and the Duds. Easy death, easy death. And your main event, JBL versus The Undertaker in a last ride match for the WWE Championship. Oh my God, that pay-per-view sounds fucking horrific. Poor Eddie. Poor everyone. Poor me for having to sit and watch. Poor Oh poor, yeah, poor us for having poor, to fucking watch it. Poor my bank balance, having to buy the DVD. Poor me for having to sit through the extras, I can't wait. Poor bank balance for me, having to spend 9 99 on the WWE Network. How much is that network? 9 99 9 99 there you go. Michael, before we leave, I have a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of dirt, dirt, dirt sheet news to leave you with. This past weekend, Michael, World Wrestling Entertainment debuted a duo of Muslim characters to internet controversy. Uh, with the status of US's situation with the Middle East, some question if it's the right time for WWE to attempt to portray such characters. Uh, the duo features a heavyweight wrestler and a cruiserweight wrestler dubbing as a manager. Uh, Mark Magnus will play Mohammed Hassan, the wrestler, while Sean Davari acts as his manager. Uh, Davari was recently signed to a WWE development deal. Uh, Magnus has been in OVW for quite some time. Michael, the Muslims are taking over Raw. Even though one's Italian. Or Smackdown. Even though one's Italian. Oh yeah, isn't it like, isn't it like fucking Canadian Italian? Yeah. Like Jinder's Canadian Indian. Yeah. <laughs> but. It, it don't, it, I don't it don't last long, does it? It's like two years, tops? Is, yeah, when, whenever the, is it the 06? Yeah, the Juno, Juno 6 territory. Last ride through the stage, never to yeah. be seen again. That's it, that's it. And on that note, Michael, if you want to let everyone know where they can find us, as always, on all forms of social media. So search us on Facebook, Ruthless Aggression Era Podcast. On Twitter, it's at our era podcast, and same on Instagram and YouTube. That is it. And until next time, where it will be, No Mercy 2004, last ride, Undertaker versus Bradshaw. I've been Dave. That's been Big Sexy. Until then, thank you for listening. You can cut that crowd because there ain't enough Kleenex in Kansas City to cover that news. <laughs> Ruthless aggression was my life, my time, my rights, my rhymes, my rhyme, my struggle, hustle, sweat, and my blood too. A player to smell fear, I smell a lot. My competitors flex here. When they smoked, I was hot. I want it all. Excess, the sex, much success, stress us. I want it all, no less. So come on.